All right, it looks like the Xbox Two podcast is finally live after being off the air for a week. What is going on, everybody? I'm one of your co-hosts, Randall Thor 19 and with me, as always, the venerable Jez Corden of Windows Central. What's up, Jez? Hi, pal. I'm uh, hyped on coffee. and I'm- Yes, ten, 10 cups of coffee was exactly what you said earlier, was it not? Uh, well, five five double espressos. So I I count that as ten. I uh, mean, some people would rather have you like ten ten uh, beers deep or ten uh, shots deep, right? Yeah, yeah. Ah, God, I haven't dr- drank alcohol for three months. Now that you mention it, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll 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 crack some booze out for maybe our, our Christmas special. How about that? Ooh, the fish, the Christmas special. So, um. You said this was the busy week for for Windows Central. You got a lot of uh, stuff you're uh, getting ready um, to post. Well, I thought last month was going to be the busy month, but apparently this month's busy as well. So, fun times mm. ahead. People apparently people buy things around Christmas. Who'd have thought? You, who would have thought people buy stuff for the holidays for their loved ones? Crazy. Indeed. Um, I'm not that yeah. busy. I mean, it, I guess it depends on if I want to make videos or not. I know people still giving me. A little crap for not posting my Assassin's Creed Odyssey review yet. That always keeps on slipping my mind. <laughs> I, can't, I keep I keep seeing people to it by that. I know. Deal right? with that what do you? What do you? What do you I, I just that? I don't know. Like I, I I wanted to do that a long time ago, and I just I kept on pushing it back and doing other things. And I mean I don't know. Does anybody even care about my Assassin's Creed review? I'll just talk about the game and my you know game of the year list. Do I? Do you guys really want me to put out a review for Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I don't know. Well, uh, I guess we'll see what people say. Maybe I'll just do it just to do it. But you know, it's been a it's been an eventful like week or so. I know we did we didn't do the show last week because well, it was my fault. Uh, I wasn't feeling very good, as uh, Jez knows. But we doing podcast today, and I'd be like, yeah. But then like I'd literally wake up at nine o'clock because I wasn't I wasn't feeling good uh, oh. every single day. <laughs> like no, but you feel uh, better now, right? Oh, I feel much better now. Yeah. I feel good to, know, I feel good to know. I feel way much better. So we're doing the show on the regular day. We're supposed to do it. Hallelujah. On a Wednesday. <laughs> and um, rarely happens. <laughs> I know it rarely ever does. We try to shoot for Wednesdays, but something always comes up. Either I can't do it or Jess can't do it. So it's like, it's kind of like whatever day we can actually get together and talk about video games. And we do yeah. have a lot to talk about. I mean, we did miss last week, so we will be talking about, you know, the Game Awards. You know, did God Award deserve Game of the Year <laughs> over Red Dead Redemption 2? There's a lot of salt about that. There is. There is. Uh, the Outer Worlds. Uh, Obsidian's big game was revealed, and that's Microsoft's latest purchase. What does that mean for the game and the franchise? You know, me and Jez will talk in depth about that. Uh, Phil Spencer said some things, and as usually, usual... When he says some things, people get upset, they get angry, they cry, they don't understand. And this time he basically said, hey, Game Pass is coming everywhere, going to every device. Does that mean PlayStation and Nintendo Switch? Ooh, I don't bit know. Of a, bit, of a, bit of a teeth dry, that one, like, ooh. Can, is it, is, will I be playing Halo 6 on my PS5? How about... The next Ninja Theory game. Hmm. We'll talk about that. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but gaming wasn't cool until Ninja and Drake got together. Played <laughs> Fortnite. 
thank God for them. Thank God yeah, for them. Man. Thank God. I mean, nobody listened to this podcast. Nobody's ever listened to gaming podcasts. You, you know, gaming YouTubers were irrelevant. Nobody. But it was all who's, thanks who's, to Drake. Who's PewDiePie, man? Who's yeah, PewDiePie, PewDiePie, who's that? Markiplier, yeah. Jacksepticeye? You know, like... Uh, who are these people? I mean, Mario know. never... You know, Mario didn't sell millions of copies, and nobody's ever heard of Minecraft. What, is, what even is Minecraft? Minecraft. Drake. Ninja and Drake. Bringing gaming to the mainstream and making it cool. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. And also, oh, like, the big battle. Like, the epic... And I pun intended... Battle between Steam and Epic. Like, somebody's actually challenging the throne, Jez. Uh, maybe. And it ain't Microsoft. <laughs> no, it ain't. It ain't Microsoft, baby. Although, Are you shocked? Are you, shocked? you know, no. no, not at all, of course. Micro- <laughs> like, honestly, Microsoft should take their efforts into improving the Windows 10 store and just make a Valve an offer they can't refuse and just buy Steam. Because oh. their their win their window like their window strategy is never going to go anywhere, ever. That's mean, man. That's mean. I mean, I'm just I'm just telling the truth. Like they can do everything they want. They can say everything they want. They can try to make the Windows 10 store as appealing as they want. But I'm sorry, people have spoken very much like um the Windows Phone. People just don't care and don't want to oh, use your you. store. Why do you have to bring that? I'm bringing it up, man. Bring bringing, bringing it up. Bringing it up. Because nobody's going to care. And it, and I know Microsoft is counting on the growth from, you know, Windows and the growth from phones. I'm just saying, I don't think you're going to see much growth from the Windows store. It's probably just uh, best to cut bait and then offer Valve, you know, $10 billion or something. Yeah, well, we can talk about that more in depth. I've got some, I've got some things to add about that. Yeah. So, or not, a lot yeah. of topics, a lot of topics to get through. Um, obviously, you know, we appreciate anybody spending time here with us live. Uh, leave a comment if you have any, you know, thing you want to add, even some topics. I'll be looking through it uh, to, you know, maybe grab some. And uh, I just wanted to make mention that I have a holiday giveaway going on. Did you see this, Jez? I posted it yesterday. Ooh, I did. I retweeted it. Can I? Am I allowed to enter? Yeah, you can enter. I mean, I don't know if I'll if you win. Will you rig uh, it for let me? You. No, I'm not going to rig oh, it for crap. you. Crap! I should have asked off air. I just threw the link in the chat for everybody watching live. That is the way to enter the giveaway. Uh, three winners. So there is a grand prize winner. We'll get one year of Xbox Live Gold, one year of Game Pass, and fifty random Xbox One games. Second place winner will get thirty games and uh, Xbox One games random. And the third place winner will get 20 random Xbox One games. And if you're listening to this later on iTunes or Google Play or wherever, uh, it's on my Twitter. It's also in the description of the video. Um, So I'm sure you guys can find it. Um, It's open to pretty much everywhere except for China. Um, So enter if you guys want the chance to win. I mean, basically, it's like just follow me on Twitter and just subscribe to YouTube. It's pretty easy. So it's my way of giving back. Uh, And maybe I'll do some more little giveaways as the you know holidays approach so um now that that stuff is all out of the way let's <laughs> talk about the video games jazz before we get into you know the the, the topics i want to actually talk about some video games and i know nobody wants to talk about fall 76 anymore i know you're playing fall 76 all the time <laughs> right like, hey well i mean it's true Does you anybody... didn't even give me you didn't even give me the chance to speak okay. about it Talk, I'll give you a couple minutes to talk about Fallout 76 and why you think people should 
pick this game up because it's not as bad as literally everybody says on YouTube. No, I don't. I don't think anyone should pick up this game. What are you talking about? Oh, what you changed your mind? I thought you loved this game. I I I like it, but I don't. I'm not recommending it to anyone because it's it's broken as hell. It. I would only recommend it to people like me, as in complete and total masochists. That's the only. That's the only reason you should ever play this game, is if. You enjoy rough bugs and broken games because that is pretty much what this is all about. <laughs> nah, dude, it is so broken. But I am such a sucker for open world survival, like you know, Conan Exiles, those kind of games. I just, I just get addicted to them, man, and I am just addicted to this game. Even though Rand, I don't think. In my entire gaming career, I've ever played a game where I encountered a fresh bug every 10 to 15 minutes. A fresh bug, huh? Like, seriously, the, this game has so many bugs in it. It makes, like, Fallout 3 on the PlayStation 3 look polished. That's how bad it is. Yeah. Um, I'm not... I'm no. I'm in no mind to recommend this game to anyone. Right. I just like crafting, building... Dungeon crawling, you know, I like that stuff, man. Especially with friends and stuff. I've been playing it with my my family and, and friends and stuff like that. And on that basis, it's a pretty good game. But that's not all I've been playing, man. It's not all I've been playing. What else have you been up to outside of Fallout seventy six and you wanting to kill yourself because you're playing that game? <laughs> um, outside of Battlefield five, which you know we both been playing, and uh, I think we both love the multiplayer. But my God, Jez, what what is up with EA? Like that game is like on sale again. It's super cheap. Like they that they yeah. screwed up so bad with Battlefield Five. I was looking on the Twitch charts. That game's like not even the top forty. Like nobody's mm. watching that game on Twitch. Which really? you know, releasing a shooter in twenty eighteen without a battle royale mode is instant death. Well, this is the weird thing you say, right? Because. Ironically, do you know what game is seeing a, a little bit of a renaissance right now? What? Battlefront 2. Hmm. Like, they've just released an update for Battlefront 2, and they're teasing more content for it as well. Um, Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Grievous are up on the game, and they're teasing new content for 2019. It's almost like they've all moved from Battlefield 5 back to Battlefront 2 and they're trying to salvage that now. <laughs> mm. It's uh, a bit weird, but I'm I'm seeing more excitement for Battlefront 2 than Battlefield 5, judging by Reddit right now. Yeah, um, I know. Shout out to the Captain Redbeard. He has a suggestion for you. He's uh, got a super chat. He says, Jez, you should play Rend if you like survival Ooh. games. It's an early access at the moment on the PC. That I've sounds like that. something you will like, but definitely not something I will like. Yeah, but, I'm, I've heard of that actually. I think I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll look into it. But um, I know you um got a chance to uh, play through a lot of uh, uh, Mutant Year Zero, right? Yeah, Mutant Year Zero. I think that's um that's my game of the moment right now. Again, it's another apocalyptic game. Do you, do you, do you know it's a pattern with me? Yeah, you tend to like you tend to like apocalyptic games, and I know the next game after because I want to actually hear a little bit about, about Mutant Year Zero because. I hear it's really good. It's a it game that launched into Game Pass, which, my lord, is Xbox Game Pass killing it 
this month. Yeah, some really seriously good games. I mean, you have Ashen launching in there day one. You have Kingdom 2 Crowns, which just launched into it yesterday. You have uh, the Gardens Between, which launched in like early December. And now you have Mutant Year Year Zero as well. Below on Friday, uh, Hellblade Ori, uh, Mortal Kombat 10. Like, it's such a great package, but... It's a good deal. It's, it is. It's a great. It's a great gift to buy someone for Christmas. Like just buy them a card for Game Pass for Christmas. Yeah, they have all these games to play, but specifically Mutant Year Zero. Now I've heard that it's a XCOM like game. Uh, it's sort of like it's got XCOM like combat, but it's actually closer to an RPG, a very sort of light RPG. Like there's loot to find. I mean, I suppose XCOM has loot as well. To some degree, but XCOM has like this management layer where you have to build up your base, you have to like research things and, and build new equipment and stuff like that. And I suppose uh, Mutant Year Zero has sort of that in a light sort of fashion. But a lot of those systems, which I think some people find tedious, where you're researching stuff and grinding and that, those have been really like dialed back. And um, instead, what you're left with is sort of like a sort of very light version of XCOM where they it's sort of got a bigger emphasis on the turn-based combat and the strategy and the management systems are stripped back or you know stripped out completely and it's more like an RPG you know you, you travel around getting loot and upgrading your, your armor and your weapons and stuff like that and um yeah it's it's like a turn-based tactics game say in a post-apocalypse where some people are inexplicably ducks or pigs ducks. Or, or fox people. So were they yeah. actual people and then the apocalypse happened well, and then they were turned into ducks and pigs? That, well, that's part of the mystery, you see. That's part of the mystery because um, it, it takes place in the future, obviously. And the game, the game's set in Sweden, but the people... The, the, they're like generations into the future. They, they, they're not 100% sure what happened in the past. They don't know where they are, what country they're in, or, or anything like that. They just live in this settlement called the Ark, and they, they strike out into the radioactive wastelands to find supplies and, and collect artifacts from the past, who they call the ancients and stuff. I mean, it's, it's quite funny, like, when you find these old objects from, like, modern-day times, they have, like, these descriptions on what they think they were for, but they don't know. And um, you can you can trade those in for upgrades as well with like a, an antique collector sort of thing. It's sort of like it's based on a tabletop RPG in Sweden. And, so um, Black Ice wants to know if it's if it's like an arena or do you travel in an open world map? Yeah, so it's like um, it's kind of similar to Dragon Age Origins in the sense that there's like an there's a there's like a world map, and you travel to sort of these sort of quite wide open spaces um it's not open world per se but it's got like these sort of wide open levels that are sort of have a theme like one uh i can't remember the name of it now i think it's, it's something it's something like um the iron serpent or something and it's basically like a train yard and like like iron serpent like giant snakes that are trains they don't know what trains are for but for them it's it just looks like an iron, iron serpent and um and that's those will be full of robots and loot to collect and, and stuff like that. And there's um there's a story that pushes you through these areas um, as uh, you're trying to you know figure out 
uh, where this uh, this one of the, one of the most prominent members of the Ark took some of the best soldiers and has basically gone missing. And um, the leader of the Ark asks you to go find him, basically. And it's it's a bit of a mystery as to what's happened and what's been going on. And you sort of travel through the game, travel further out, further away from the Ark than anyone's ever been, and you know just discover this sort of apocalyptic wasteland and. So how, how actions in the game and all that sort of How thing. long is it? Are we talking a, like a 30 40 hour game here? Are we talking uh, kind of like a 20 15 to 20 hour know. experience? I haven't completed it yet. I'm about 20 hours in and I think I've I've uncovered about maybe I don't know, about a third of the map. Oh, so, okay. Um but the thing is like I there are a lot of there are a lot of optional areas in the game, kind of like Dragon Age as well. So like if you intend to go through and do everything, it'll probably last you a lot longer than if you're someone who's rushing through it. But the thing is, um, it's also extremely hard. <laughs> so I think if someone was skipping leveling, uh, they might eventually hit a wall where they have to backtrack and get more upgrades and stuff. But um, there's three difficulty levels. There's normal, hard, and very hard. I was playing on hard mode but I couldn't hack it. <laughs> I bumped the difficulty down to normal because it was like, man, this is uh, insanely difficult. And it, it has all those like um, percentage-based sort of you know attacks where you know you twenty-five percent and you miss, yeah. or, or or like XCOM where it was like ninety percent chance to hit and you miss. Yeah. <laughs> it's and a little bit. Die. Yeah, it's not as punishing as that. It's like you can. There's, there are no 95% or, or 90%. It's like it goes up in 20 increments of 25. So if like if you if you you get like a 75% chance to hit and it's like I'm not satisfied with that. You can try and get closer or get into a flanking position and make it a 100% chance to hit. So like on that basis it's like a little less punishing than uh XCOM can sometimes be, but it's still pretty annoying when like something crits you and one shots one of your dudes and and uh and also you don't on hard difficulty you don't get your health back after battles which Ooh, makes it very that, hard yeah that sounds like that because i i would assume health health kits and health packs are very limited yeah. yes they are. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i was like um and uh, they're very expensive you can buy health kits but they're really expensive to buy so like i just sort of like I just wanted to get through the game quickly, so I put it down. I put it down to normal mode, so I didn't have to like. And it's still bloody challenging, even on normal mode. Um, but it's a really great game, you know. If you've ever enjoyed sort of isometric RPGs like uh, Wasteland or Pillars of Eternity or or XCOM, you know, for the for the turn-based tactics stuff, I think you'll really like Mutant Year Zero. And you know, considering it's on Game Pass, there's it's really easy to just give it a try. So. Yeah, that's 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 the thing. It's like at least on Xbox, right? Because I know it's also available on PlayStation and the PC. On Xbox, you can be like, "Well, the game's the game's forty bucks. It's quite expensive. I believe it's forty dollars at least. In fact, I'm I'm pretty Uh, sure it's forty. I think it's thirty nine ninety nine. And for uh, someone that's for someone that's like maybe not into XCOM games like turn based strategy, they might look at that price and be like, "Eh, I don't know." That's a lot of money, you know. I gotta, I gotta buy gifts for the family. But if you have yeah. Game Pass, it's like just download the game and play it, right? And that's how, like, a game that me and you both played, Ashen, kind of uh, also works. 
where it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the biggest Dark Souls fan in the world, right? Um, but I was interested in checking out the game because I could play it in co-op. That was kind of one of the defining features of, of Ashen was that, like, hey, you can play it in co-op. So, I mean, I beat the game. I played it, like, entirely in co-op pretty much. Um, except for the parts where you can't connect. And I had a good time playing it. Like, I, I put out an impressions video after, like, seven hours of play on Friday. And, like, pretty much exactly what I said in that video is exactly what I ended up feeling towards the end. Um, the co-op's great. Like, I I don't know. Like, for those the friend just elevates the experience to me. You know what I mean? Like, going around the corners and fighting all these enemies and uh, working out strategies between you and your your buddy was just so much fun. And uh, I don't know, like, I think I think if I would have played Ashen solo, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much. I think you that's, I mean? um, because I've played Ashen too. Like, I haven't completed it yet, so no spoilers, please. No, the, I'm not, not, not going to spoil Ashen. Here, but, but it's, it's but, one um, of those games where it's like, just if you're not on the, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure, you can just download it from Game Pass and try it out. You 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 might like it, and if that's the case, then Game Pass is worth it. And it's worth it if you just like, you know. I mean, the Ashen's forty bucks. That's expensive, just like Mutant Year Zero. And it's like, save yourself some money. You sign up for the trial, or you know, get the one dollar for a month, or the ten bucks. And it's like, you might find some games in there that are really good. Now, what are your thoughts on Ashen that what you played so far? Now, I've, I've, I have a feeling you're, you've played it mostly solo, right? No, actually, um, I've only played it in co-op at the moment. I've been playing with uh, Roby with Roby on stream. Ah, okay. Um, so like, I feel the same way to, as you do. That it's sort of like I'm not a big Dark Souls fan either. Um, well, I'm not. I'm not really a fan at all. <laughs> I haven't got very far in Dark Souls. I get frustrated very easily. Um. But um, I've been really enjoying Ashen, and I think like one of the in co-op, and uh, one of the things that I've heard people say about Ashen is that it serves as a good um, entry point to Dark Souls. Yeah, like, I would admit it, it's you, not um, as hard. It's definitely not as hard as Dark Souls. No, it's not. It's not it's, as hard uh, as Dark Souls. It, it, yeah, I would say it's a good entry point because like what Dark Souls does is it takes everything and turns it up a notch. Like this has quest markers right and it's a fairly linear game for the most part like the world it, it's big but like you kind of just go in a singular direction whereas like dark souls is like there's so many different ways Wanting. to go it doesn't really tell you where to go you kind of got to figure it out for yourself um there are like opportunities i mean even in the first area there's a lot of like not secrets but there's like places where you can explore and, and get extra loot and stuff like that I have found reasons to explore around in Ashen, at least. Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 reasons to explore. Uh the characters that you recruit back to your town, uh, they'll give you quests, side quests, which will is the only way to actually increase your health and increase your uh stamina, which are incredibly important because that's how you stamina is how you attack and how you evade. Um But yeah, it was it's I, I really dig the art style. Uh it's not that long a game, it's like fifteen, twenty hours. And it was really enjoyable for me in co-op. And, um, yeah, man, like, I I just kind of think about... I anyone say a bad thing about it. Yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that don't like it. I've, I've had some comments on my videos from Dark Souls veterans that hate the game, that think oh, it's well. too, like... Well, that's, gate, that's gatekeeping and elitism. Well, they're, no, not, not, they're just, they think it's too simplified. 
that it's too windy, you know, of a Dark Souls game and stuff. That's the thing. It's not. It's you can't simplify. It's it's not trying to be Dark Souls. I mean, I suppose it is in a way, but it's like it's inspired by Dark Souls. It's not trying to be Dark Souls. It's not like oh, it's 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 just dumbed down Dark Souls. It's like so what, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Mutant Year Zero is kind of like, in a way, dumbed dumbed down down. XCOM. Dumbed down XCOM. yeah. But it's it, sometimes it's like it's just nice to like X, XCOM too is such a commitment, you know. It is a, it is it's a big commitment, but Mutant New Zero doesn't feel anywhere near as much as a of a commitment. Like, and if you're someone who um, you know, like me, that doesn't feel like they have so much free time anymore, and you don't want to really commit to something that's gonna make you mad in the in those little periods of time where you you can just sit down and want to play a game for an hour like i'd rather play ashen than than play dark souls i like like or mutant year zero than xcom 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 might be something that i play on the weekend like when i can have a proper session for like five or six hours but like when i just want to jump on in the week for a quick you know a quick raz i can just have a quick like half an hour on uh mutant year zero to knock out a couple of battles and then quit save it you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Everyone's uh, experience will be different. Like, I know Salty uh, put out his review today, and he's a Dark Souls veteran, and he absolutely loved Ashen. So, shout out to Salty. Um, Indie Gamer says he's a big, he's not a big fan of Dark Souls. He played Ashen for around an hour, and he couldn't get into it. Um, I believe someone else said in the chat, uh, Karate Guy says he was bored with Ashen. So, I mean, like, obviously, Fair enough. you know, like, your your experience will be different. I liked it. I'm not the biggest Dark Souls fan. I loved it in co-op, liked the art design. Um, combat was fun. But I understand like some super, you know, Dark Souls fans might you know there might not it might not be hard enough for them and it may not look that good. And other people will be like, you know what? This is really cool. Like I'm not like in a Dark Souls game. And now I'm actually thinking, you know what? I played Ash and I enjoyed it. Like, should I go play Bloodborne? I mean, I played Dark Souls one. I'm just like I'm just not that big of a. Fa- it's not I don't hate those games. A lot of people like you just hate them, right? So no, I just I'm not that big of a fan. Like there's so many other games come out. Like the Dark Souls games are like they just don't hit it. They they just aren't my bag, baby, as Mooch would say, right? <laughs> um, but like, hey, I'll ch- I have Bloodborne. Maybe I'll check out Bloodborne. Like the problem um, is like there's so many freaking yeah. games to play, you know, and there's not enough time to play them all. I thought like after after November. My my thinking was, oh, it's gonna get quiet after November, but it feels like it's gotten even worse in December. Yeah, especially because like there's um there's a really good sale on the PlayStation right now. I got God of War fifty percent off. I got I in fact I got Bloodborne for like ten quid or something, and then I got I picked up The Last of Us as well, which uh, already a bit. Well, yeah. Why don't you talk about that right now? Like you played a little bit of Last of Us, and um, yeah. let's say some waterworks were going, huh? <laughs> and, like I don't know how I've managed to avoid Last of Us spoilers for the intro for so long, but um, yeah, let's let's just say like I was not expecting the intro to be that heavy hitting, man. But <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who, who still hasn't played it. But man, that game pulls no punches. It is pretty dark, and. Um, and again, like like I talk about, I'm waiting to have like a proper session where I can sit down and just sort of immerse myself in Last of Us before I play more of it. Um, like like Fallout 76, I can just literally 
play Fallout 76 without thinking about it. You know, it's like brain dead, almost like meditating, like how sort of, how sort of devoid of cognitive input that it needs to be. Like when I play The Last of Us or a game like God of War or, or something with a, with a plot, like even Red Dead Redemption, I just want to sit down and play it without any distraction. So like, I'm going to get more into The Last of Us probably this weekend, I think. And, um, but early impressions are, my God, what mm-hmm. a game. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so, uh, that, that, that opening, honestly, might be one of the best openings to a video game I've ever played. Yeah, possibly. And yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, just think, that's a, that's a PS3 game. Well, I mean, you're playing the remastered version for PS4, but still. In 30 frames a second. I mean, some people like Nat Hardman will say Last of Us is the most overrated game they've ever played. Who said that? Um, well, uh, someone in chat, Nat, Nat Hardman. Uh, he says Last of Us is the most overrated game I've played. <laughs> you, you'll see a lot of people, like when games are highly rated, right? People will be like, this game isn't as good as you say and obviously everything's opinion like let's talk about one of one of my buddies zalker he hates red dead redemption you know he gave it an 8.5 but he hates it right he thinks it's the most overrated game of the generation whichever you know opinions are subjective <laughs> right like so you're 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 more than welcome to have that but like i've seen people say god of war is overrated and then like every single game that's rated high is overrated people will always say that and it's always like you know, there's be threads on reset or other things like what game is shouldn't should have a lower Metacritic score, and it's basically like every game, every popular game should be worse than it is, right? Um, yeah, it's all just opinions though. But I am glad you're enjoying Last of Us. I can't wait for you to get deeper. It took me a little bit of time to get into it because I felt like the first chapter, Summer, wasn't that interesting. It's all kind of a tutorial setup, but oh my god, once you kind of get into fall, whew. <clears throat> I think, right? Do you start in spring or summer? I think you start in summer. Terrible. But anyways. Um uh, yeah, I'm I'm super impressed with this so far. But you know, I I knew it was gonna be good because just because of how acclaimed it is, but I didn't know it was gonna be that good. You know? Right. Chief Nagel says Oran saying everything Nintendo's overrated. That's right. Even when <laughs> I say that just opinion. But you guys know I couldn't care less about Nintendo games. Super Smash Brothers? Nah, Super Trash oh, Brothers more like it. Uh, that's that's what I've been playing as well. Oh my god. Get out of here. No, you haven't been. <laughs> you've been I've playing, always, you've dude, been playing I bought the ultimate edition of Smash Bros. for like eighty quid. That's why I got no money. Dude, Black Black Ice is going right for you, Jesse says, you know what's overrated? World of Warcraft. Alright. I canceled my WoW subscription. You can't. What you were just you played it for like a thousand hours this year. What do you mean you canceled it? I can't. I canceled it, man. I'm I'm done with that game. You're done with the game. Okay, but now you're on. We could do. We could do I could do. Um. Yeah, I could do a whole podcast about why I'm done with Warcraft and why I'm done with Blizzard. Jeez. But, okay, done with but, Blizzard. But now you're into Smash, Smash yes. Bros. Ultimate, Trash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, the grind is real, according to Jason Schreer. Oh God. Whatever. Uh, he really kind of just opened up the hornet's nest with that. Is do, it, you want to, do you want to fill people in what happened there? Well, I mean, Jason Schreer said that unlocking the characters in Smash is a chore and a grind, but then he also said there was no grind in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So people kind of picked him apart from that. I think the difference is it's more like what grind do you enjoy versus one that you don't like. Like, to some people, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a grind and a half especially if you just mainline the quests, 
right? To others, they play it like an RPG and they do everything in every single area. So when they actually continue on with the main story, there's no grind. It's just like they've been playing naturally. Some people enjoy unlocking the characters in Smash. You know, so Jason was getting called out for his apparent hypocrisy about enjoying one grind versus enjoying another grind. Of course, Ubisoft, you know, actually gives you the option to skip the grind with their XP boosters. Um, so, yeah. So tell me about Smash, like, quickly, because it's on the Nintendo Switch, and I don't <laughs> care about Nintendo. I, I, I can't talk much about Smash Bros. because... um. I haven't played that much of it. I've been doing the the single player campaign mode where you uh, you have to save you have to save all the other Smash dudes who've been who've had their souls taken. I've been I just been playing through that to reacquaint myself with the game and get used to the Switch controls because I haven't really played Switch that much. Um, you know, it's Smash Brothers, man. It feels exactly the same way as the '64 Smash Brothers did. I've yeah. got like I've got Kirby's damage, like. You know, I've got Kirby's abilities burned onto my brain from playing that as a kid, and he's exactly the same pretty much now as he always was. Like he's he's got all the same abilities from like Smash Bros. Melee, I think. You know, so it's Smash so, Bros. Man. It's Smash one, Bros. Of, one of the bigger announcements at the Game Awards was that Joker from Persona Five was coming into Smash as DLC. Yeah, so Persona's probably going to Switch. Yeah, probably. I mean, it makes sense. Persona Persona 5 going to Switch makes more sense than Persona 5 coming to Xbox. I think? I I, yes, (laughs) yes. I think Nintendo. I think Nintendo has a very diverse, uh, you know, demographic of gamers. Plus the portability aspect. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people double dip. someone asked me what i thought about that i'm like wow like a game i don't care about on a system i don't care about you know what i mean like well um well that was one of the things from uh what was it i can't remember what what event it was but um phil was talking about um japanese games that arbitrarily miss xbox and someone in the audience yelled out persona and phil said i hear you i hear you yeah do you remember that I remember, I mean, you know, Phil knows what games, you know, what, like, there's those de facto Japanese games on PlayStation that make the system very appealing to a lot of people, and they just recently have been great, like Persona's a 90 on Metacritic, Nier Automata uh, came out, and Neo, like, all those games are really highly, highly rated, and it, like, adds to, like, the idea that PlayStation is the best place to play, because not only does it have those type of games, but it also has their own exclusives like God of War and Spider-Man and Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's like, it's just, and the only reason they don't come to Xbox is they arbitrarily miss like Phil said, because there is no user base for them or they don't think it'll make any money uh, because Xbox doesn't have a presence in Japan and stuff. So they're like, whatever. So um, do you, do you think Persona will ever come to Xbox in the future? Or do you think that'll just be PlayStation and maybe Nintendo? I mean, it's gonna be look, gonna look bad for Xbox if it hits uh, Nintendo Switch and then not Xbox, right? I mean, does bad. it look bad for Nintendo Switch that it doesn't have Red Dead Redemption Two, but the other two consoles oh, do? The thing is, like, they can get away with that because it's underpowered. Okay, it's fair a, enough. It's a portable system, but like, what excuse does Xbox have to not have those games? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would assume the reason is the devs think 
unless there's some obviously an agreement between Sony and, and Atlas or Sega or whoever runs it, which I don't think there is. I think it's just literally nobody's going to buy the game on Xbox, so it's not worth their time. You know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's going to cost up to Xbox. It's up to Xbox to convince the devs that it is worth their time. True, for whatever reason, Microsoft isn't doing that. Well, they are building that like uh, division in Asia to kind of supposed to bridge the gap on that, right? Well, that we we had heard about. Or that's, we had... what, that's that's what they're saying, man. So yeah, I mean, you're right, but um, so I, I'm 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 kind of interested to see what you think about Last of Us going, uh, you know, in the future. And taking it back here to one minute for uh, Smash Brothers, I heard an interesting rumor, Jazz. Would you like me to share it? Yeah, hit me. I heard from a very reliable person that Banjo is indeed coming to Smash as a DLC character. Oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah. And that person wasn't you. No, it wasn't. Because Rand actually does have people that talk to him that know things that isn't jazz. Randall Insider. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not an insider. No, no. no, no God, dude, God dude, forbid. You, God, you no. Are, you are literally an insider now. No, 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 no. I, yeah, yeah, I, just, I just happen to be talk to people. Yeah, that, baby, no, you're an insider. I don't know. It could be, it could be <laughs> you know, it could not be true. I just, <laughs> I heard it was. I mean... I don't know. There was that really impressive leak that people were like, "Nah, this is totally fake." With ba- with you know banjo in the picture, mm. maybe it ends up being true. I don't know. I, maybe we'll find out one day. Um, I mean, it'd be good. It'd be good optics for Microsoft if they did. That. Yeah, but I don't think there's going to be a banjo game in development. No, no. I mean, probably not. But I mean, it just it'd just be a cool thing to do for fans of banjo, which sure. But I mean, okay. Are you, are you a banjo fan? No. I am not like here here's the truth about me. Oh. Uh I don't think Rare's a very good developer. <gasps> and that goes back to when, you know, they were on the sixty four. Their only good game was Goldeneye. Did did I lose you, Jez? Killer Instinct, man. Killer. Okay, I'll give you Killer Instinct. I'll give you that. Killer Instinct is cool. But like, no, I don't care about Conquer. I don't care about uh, banjo or any of the other games in the rare replay stuff, right? Like, I don't care at all. Well, Battletoads, man. Battletoads Battle Toads was a mistake. Oh my god, we've had this discussion before. Yeah, no, nope. Battletoads is a terrible game, and it's you know meme. what? You hate you hate memes now. No, I don't hate memes. Are you really excited to play a brand new uh, Battletoads in 20? 20- uh, not really. I can't, I can't say that I am. Exactly. Exactly. I like, I like fan service, man. And, and that's, what, that's what that game's all about. Fanservice. Perfect Dark? I, I don't like Perfect Dark either. Like, I only really like GoldenEye and Killer Instinct. I'm just, I'm sorry. Like, Rare doesn't do it for me. You know, Sea of Thieves didn't do it for me. Their Connect Sports games didn't do it for me. Perfect Dark Zero didn't do it for me. Cameo didn't do it for me. Their game's on the 64. I know people are getting upset in chat, and that's fine. It's, it's one person's <laughs> oh, opinion. It's you hate, one person's You hate opinion. Nintendo. You hate Rare. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, that's just that's just one person's opinion. So don't don't get all upset. I just, I don't know. Like, maybe it's because of, the, like, the Nintendo stuff. I just don't care about, like, if, if, if a new Banjo was announced, I'd just be like, whatever. <laughs> is my source the same guy that said new Splinter Cell's coming? No. See, the thing is with that is that, like, 
is that um the the thing with Splinter Cell is I know someone who's actually played Splinter Cell. The new one. Legit has played it a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, so I know it's real. And like I said, I'm it had to have gotten canceled or at least put on hold. But people always people always throw that in my face. Oh, what about Splinter Cell? Like ignoring everything else I've said that's come out to be true, you know? It's always they always there's this one guy who's always like in my mentions talking about me and Jez about how we're always lying and Jez makes stuff up. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh probably. Yeah. Like so Alex wants to know, Alex Escobar wants to know. And I know Alex you're gonna you're gonna make fun of me. You're gonna go on Next Gen's podcast and be like, "Did you hear what this ran guy?" You know, Alex. Alex is a PlayStation fan, oh. and you know what? He was right. I said XO18 was gonna be so awesome, and then he made fun of me and said, "Come on, Rand, you should know better, right?" And and then like a week later, I was like, "Yeah, uh, it's probably not gonna be any good, but still, but still, um, you know, it's it's all fun and games." Uh, Alex, I am thirty-seven. But I am more of a Sega Genesis kid than I was a Nintendo kid, if that makes any sense. So, so was I. So was I. I I'm I, lucky, though, because I, I have siblings, and the whole family eventually ended up with every console. So, like, I'd get a console for one birthday, sibling would get another console for another birthday, even if it was, like, second-hand or something. So I'd end up with all the consoles eventually. But yeah. I, I was like... Gen, I was like Master System, Genesis, PlayStation, pretty much. Yeah, I was NES, Genesis, 32X, Sega CD, uh, Saturn, um, Dreamcast, PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, 360. Like, I didn't have an SNES. I've never played an. I've never played a Super Nintendo game. I didn't own a 64, even though I played 64 games at my friends' houses. Uh, you know, so like I, I own a GameCube. I've only owned two Nintendo, well, three. I mean, technically, if you want to talk about the Wii, well, four because I own the Switch. God, so I have the NES. I had the NES. I had the GameCube. Right. Obviously, we owned the Wii because everybody owned the Wii in the world. Right. I didn't. And then I bought a Switch, which I haven't turned on since March. So, yeah, I, I'm not like I said, like. Maybe that explains to you guys like why I don't give a shit about Nintendo or any of the games they make or whatever they do because I just they don't mean anything. Gaming to me, okay? Gaming to me is PlayStation. Gaming to me is Xbox. Gaming to me like when I think of video games, I don't think of Nintendo, unfortunately. Like when I think about how I started video gaming, sure, NES was the first console. But like when I when I think gaming i think playstation but that's just me i don't you know what i mean so moving on because that topic got a little bit long jazz i want to ask you this question because and we're going to start with an xbox topic a beloved ip is coming back that's what yeah says he says that a beloved xbox ip that you played in the uh you know the previous last four years is getting its sequel and next gen uh, and you'll hear more about it in 2020. Now, I had my pick in my video. I know what you're going to say, because I think we're both 
saying the same exact thing. Uh, we both think it's Killer Instinct 2, correct? Yep. Now, why I've, do we think it's Killer Instinct 2? I've heard it. I've heard that Killer Instinct 2 has been on the radar, at least, for a sequel for a while. Um, it lines up with what I've heard. I don't know if that's the game he's referring to, but I have heard that Killer Instinct isn't dead, basically. Mm, but if it's true, sense. they are being very coy about it. It's hard to get leaks out of Microsoft these days. Um, <laughs> yeah, It's like, when a, when a company is happy, when the employees of a company are happy, leaks generally don't happen so often. I think leaks sometimes happen as a result of spite, disgruntled employees and all that stuff. Uh, some some of my leaks have happened as a result of, um, you know, giving information through third parties. But getting leaks direct from Microsoft ain't easy. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're Brad Sams and you leak exactly what CPU and the GPU the next Xbox has. But yeah. Well, allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, Jez is, a little, Jez is like a little upset that he didn't get that leak. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if he's if he's right. Mm-hmm. I've heard different. Battle of the Insider. Oh, you've heard different. Oh boy. Okay, we'll t- <laughs> we'll have to talk about that in, in a different uh, a different topic. But um, so Jazz, the thing is, a lot of people when they hear this, they immediately think of the trifecta: Rise, Sunset Overdrive, and Quantum Break. The three that got away, I guess. The three games that don't have sequels. So when they think beloved Xbox IP that's getting a sequel, they immediately go to those three games. But as we've reiterated before, Rise 2 is never happening, right? Rise 2, I mean, who knows, man? Money can change people's opinions about things. But I've I've heard repeatedly from multiple people that Rise 2 will never happen for whatever reason. Microsoft Um, doesn't own that IP, so... So it's doubly unlikely to happen. I've also heard Quantum Break will never happen. But again, money changes things. And, uh, you know, Sunset Overdrive, like, Insomniac looks a lot more attractive now than they might have done back then, given the success of Spider-Man. So maybe that will happen now. I don't know. But I haven't heard anything about those games. What I have heard is Killer Instinct. Oh. What about a Record 2? You would, think, you would think, because Shannon Loftus mentioned it as like, you know, games that might have a future. They did a definitive edition for a reason, right? You would think, you know what? Why would you do a definitive edition if you don't really, aren't going to continue on with the franchise? To try and make some of the money back. <laughs> well, then that was a very poor decision. Because nobody cared about ReCore when it first came out. Nobody's going to care about the definitive edition when it came out a year later. Like... Maybe you should have released the definitive edition of Recore as the actual release instead of yeah. the you know what Recore released as. Yeah. But then again, hindsight's hindsight's twenty twenty. What is beloved? Because that's the other thing here. Like Cloberl used a beloved Xbox IP. Like to me, a beloved IP. Well, okay, yeah, and that has a history going all the way back with Rare. But like Rise isn't beloved. Quantum Break isn't beloved. Maybe Please speak for yourself. I, I'm beloved of course. Look, I'd like Quantum Break as much as the next person, <laughs> but I would not say that as a beloved game, Jez, or an IP. Yeah, fair, fair like enough. when you when you talk about Xbox and you talk about beloved IPs, 
there's Halo, there's Gears of War, there's the Forza franchise, and there's Fable, right? I would say those are the beloved games on Xbox, mainly because, well, they're also the games that Microsoft seems to give you in large quantities over, you know, an extended period of time. I, 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 Ori, I would, I would hazard a guess to say Ori is beloved as well. Maybe. Well, it's beloved to me at least. Well, more beloved than any other games I mentioned. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Killer Instinct too. It's lined up with what I've heard, what Jez has heard. Uh, it makes sense. I think they're going to have another fighting game at the launch of the console, just very much like they originally did with Killer Instinct back in 2013. You know? Um, I think like um, fighting games have a lot of potential as a service type, a service type thing, right? So like, um, I mean, a lot of people wonder if uh, Killer Instinct really did that well, but I think like over the course of its course of its life, it probably did do pretty well. Um, they had like there was a lot of micropayments in the game, for better or worse. And there was a lot of DLC for the game. It was very much in the news for quite a while. It didn't have a really good esports run. Like I think Evo picked it up like once or twice, and then dropped it like a like a brick. Um, but you know, I really enjoy Killer Instinct. But the problem with Killer Instinct is kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like the same issue that Forza has, where it's very tailored towards a very specific demographic. And it doesn't okay. have that broad sort of, you know, appeal that a shooter might have, like Halo might have. Um, so even though, like, Forza is best-in-class racing game, people always just say, well, it's just a racing game, you know, every time. And you could you could probably say the same about uh, a fighting game as well, and so, to some degree. So I suppose, like, if they do make a sequel to Killer Instincts, they probably need to double down on things like the single-player aspects of it. Which I think Mortal Kombat did very well. And um, Injustice did very well. Well, I mean Netherrealm does really good stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean they they've got a they've they should be looking at what Netherrealm's doing in in the space. Um Smash Brothers does well because it's like it's a very a very accessible sort of style of fighting game, the whole the whole arena thing. Like you don't have to memorize combos and anything like that or counters and stuff like that. Like I played Killer Instinct quite a bit, but like I still feel like I barely scratched the surface of that game. Um, it's hard to get into, man. No, it is. It's hard to get into. Oh. But, but I mean, that I that kind of goes with, like, when I think of, like, a launch lineup of the next-gen consoles, right? Like, clearly, they're lining up Halo Infinite as a potential launch title. Uh, you know, it's definitely not coming out next year. So that leaves 2020 with the launch of these consoles. Um, you know, there's still talk that, Turn ten is all on all in on Forza Motorsport seven, which if that's true, Forza Motorsport eight's not coming out this year. Um, which would then put you know as a Forza Motorsport eight as a graphical showpiece for a brand new console as a launch title alongside Halo. I would hazard a guess that Ninja Theory's next game, whatever it is, will also be around that time. And then you launch also with Killer Instinct, a fighting game. And then whatever third parties come to the table as well, um, I mean those are just four. If if I had to if I had to put money down, those would be like the launch lineup for the next Xbox. What do you think? Sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, and then like figuring out what comes after. When is the initiative's next game? 
or when is their first game rather? Are we we talking 2023, 2024? Uh, you know, when is Fable from Playground? When is the next Horizon game? Well, now you don't think it's Fable? Man, I keep hearing weird things about that. Oh, Jesus, really? Because, like, you one told me... One minute is Fable, one minute ain't Fable. I don't know anymore. So you told me before it was 100% Fable. I had heard from so many other different people it was 100% Fable. Eurogamer said it was 100% Fable. And now, now it's not Fable? Oh, I didn't say it's not Fable. I'm just saying the jury's out, man. Jer- <laughs> what do you mean the jury's This is paging Cloberl. Cloberl, find this info. Is it really Fable? <laughs> God, that'd be... it, until until I've seen until I've seen it in front of me, I can never say for sure if it's if it's viable. Yeah. Mm. Um, I've heard I've heard that it's viable, like you. But I've also heard that it isn't viable. Interesting. But I Interesting. think I think at least at one point it wasn't viable, and then wow. maybe it became viable. And well, someone, I know that I know that to be one hundred percent true. Okay. Well, well I mean, as hundred percent as I can be without actually seeing the game, from what I was told. But yeah, I'm just saying, like Microsoft is obviously they have all these studios working all this stuff. They need to figure out like when the launch timings and all these different things. Yeah, I mean, and years they need to launch them. There is a lot of games. I mean, when in Microsoft's history have we ever been able to say there are a lot of games being made at Microsoft right now? <laughs> Never. Never. I mean. Like, Hey, yeah. some, of them, some of them are multi-platform, like Wasteland Three is multi-platform. Out, is it Outer Worlds? Outer Worlds is multi-platform. Um, I keep I keep getting that mixed up with the Outer. There's a game called The Outer Wilds as well. So that's confusing. Yeah, well, we'll um, talk about that. And the Ravenflow has a good point. He says Xbox forces their fan base to speculate. Yeah, and I'm assuming is, I'm, I'm, that's true of Microsoft in general. Yes, very I mean, much. Look, we, we, I mean, I hate to bring it up again, but for two years, nobody really knew if Windows Phone was dead. Everyone was just always asking Microsoft, "Hey, you're not making phones anymore, so is is it dead? Is it not dead? What's going on?" They wouldn't, they wouldn't tell anyone. So everyone, everyone just had to speculate and guess and wait for leaks from Zach and stuff like that. Nobody bloody knew. So. That's just that's how Microsoft seems well, to operate. Because, because, like, Sony, you know, put out their basic, you know, their whole strategy at 2016. Here are the games, right? We got Last of Us Part Two, Ghosts of Tsushima, which they revealed last year, yeah. uh, God of War, Spider-Man. They let people know what their upcoming lineup was. I mean, Do you people, think that is a better strategy? Well, I mean, it, it's currently the winning strategy, is it not? Yeah. I mean, it's true, but that, but then like you have people say, "Oh, but Sony's not at E3 this year because they got nothing to show." Well, that true. They did cancel PSX. They didn't have a thing at Paris Games Week, Gamescom. Uh, they they blow they, their load too early. Is basically what I'm asking. I mean, who really knows the reasons? Only Sony does. They did say they canceled PSX because they didn't have enough to show and they didn't want people to like come there and be disappointed. I don't really know. And it, yeah, I, maybe. Maybe they maybe they blew it all too early and they're just not ready to show their PlayStation 5 games. I don't even know. Either way, it's an, you can look at the way both Microsoft and Sony. The the difference is like Microsoft had nothing though. Like you know what I mean? Like there was that point in time where there was no games gestating. Uh they they basically spread out their games from a two year period. I mean, like 2017 was Halo Wars and Forza Motorsport 8, and then this year was Sea of Thieves crap Sea of Thieves. 
State of Decay and Forza Horizon 4. But then Sea of Thieves and State of Decay were supposed to be 2017. And hell, so was Crackdown. So then 2018, if that happened, would have had one game that happened Forza. So, like, obviously Microsoft did some things to kind of spread it around because there wasn't stuff ready. You know, I don't know. Which one's the better strategy? I mean, at least with PlayStation strategies, their fans know, and they can hype up the games in years in advance. Xbox feels strategy... like there's more there's more stability and reliability of PlayStation. You kind of know they've built up that sort of you know what to expect, and I think that's important from a consumer's perspective. See, I think the the, the truth about Microsoft is f- forever they don't really care so much about being consistent. They care about making sure. That, I mean, we, we can laugh about this, but they care about making sure that they do a good job more than being consistent. And yeah, maybe they, they fail at doing a good job a fair, a fair amount of time. But um, they don't feel that pressure from consumers that Sony does because their business is so diverse that no one business failing will hurt Microsoft. So I kind of feel like they can get away with... I mean, can you imagine if... Um, can you imagine if Apple didn't release an iPhone for two years and then didn't tell anyone why? It will cripple their business. It will cripple their whole business because like 8% of Apple is iPhone or some, some ridiculously high percentage. Can you, can you imagine if Apple did that? But, then, but when Microsoft didn't talk about Windows Phone for two years, it didn't even, it didn't even hurt them in the slightest because it was such like a, a, fra- a fragment of their, their overall strategy. So like, I think Microsoft doesn't feel that pressure like Sony does to be consistent, but... Well, I mean, to be fair, Sony's entire business is PlayStation for the most part, at least like the biggest part of their business. And Xbox for the longest time was an afterthought at Microsoft. Yeah, but things are different now. Yeah, I mean, things are different. And I, I see Shady, you know, he's he, he's saying in chat, 13 studios, games are coming, Jesus. Nobody's saying the games aren't coming. We're talking about currently and previously in the last couple of years, the the very different approach that Sony and Microsoft have taken to showing games far out. Microsoft tends to very stick stuff close to the chest. You know, they got burned by Scalebound. They got burned by Fable Legends. Uh, You can even argue they got burned by Below, right? They showed that at the reveal and it's finally coming out now. Uh, There was no games in development for a long time. So they really had nothing to show. And then there's the opposite. There's PlayStation, like literally telling gamers, in 2016 this is the lineup you're going to be having for the rest of uh the generation you know no no release dates but they're all coming and we're just talking about like which strategy is the best strategy i mean clearly i mean i'm not saying which one's best i mean obviously sony strategy worked really well and it didn't people not knowing when uh, god of war and spider-man coming until they were really announced for 2018 and having a date well it didn't really matter because still people came out and bought them in huge amounts regardless that's because they're consistent you know that their games are going to be good well i mean almost always most of the time i wouldn't you know i would you know their sony's released some duds but i mean i don't know it's 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 definitely an interesting uh, approach and i just wonder how if microsoft with the actual studios to line up you know if they actually you know change their their way going forward because you know if microsoft really wants to make a bang for next gen they're gonna have to let people know what well, games are coming and what games are coming is, in the future 
the strategy is going to be the strategy is still going to be different from Sony because of Game Pass, and it's going to be like it's going to be more about lining those games up with you know the months where people's subscriptions are going to lapse, and it's like oh I'll, I'll keep my Game Pass subscription going for another month to play this game, you know, and um I think like moving forward they'll want to have a headline exclusive for Game Pass at least every month. You know, I think the, the, buying up so many studios is, forms part of that that ideology of having a consistently a consistent stream of games into Game Pass, at least from my perspective. So I think that their strategies all diverge because of Game Pass, if nothing else. Right. Either way, interesting discussion. Um, but uh, Game Awards, Jazz. Because this this kind of is going to also talk about one of the studios that Microsoft recently acquired. Um. What do you think of the show in general? Now, like I, I didn't watch it, man, because it was okay. on at three in the morning. I, um, my girlfriend was asleep, so I sort of I was just reading Twitter while it was on. I couldn't watch it because I had to be quiet. Right, my girlfriend had uni the next day, but like, I mean, I know who won the awards, and I know some of the right. So, um, Forza Horizon Four won Best Sports Racing Game. I mean, that's no surprise. It absolutely deserves that. Um, more than FIFA? No, FIFA, please. <laughs> I mean the the big the big kind of talk. FIFA, man. Celeste was best indie game. Monster Hunter was best role playing game. Was the 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 battle between game of the year, right? Between God of War and Red Dead. And it's funny because I got some tweets afterwards where people assumed I was being super salty, like that I was really pissed that God of War beat Red Dead because I've been very vocal about my love for Red Dead and how it's probably going to be my game of the year, right? So they keep on, they, 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 they like come at me and be like, God of War, you know, you, you said some stupid things in your review about God of War or whatever, right? Which I did, but that was more in the moment type stuff, right? The thing is, it's like people forget I absolutely adore God of War. Like I gave both games a 10 out of 10. I love God of War and I love Red Dead Redemption 2. They're like two of the three best games. And that's, yeah, see, Lowell 245, he knows what I said. He says, God of War is child's play. And like when I finished Red Dead, I like the, the experience I had oh, with Why that, in what sense? Too easy? No, I just felt that like, 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 I felt that a lot of the stuff that Red Dead 2 did with the world building and the voice acting. And the story was okay. better than God of War's, but like slightly better. So obviously, like I exaggerate, as sometimes I tend to do. Said like God of War's child's play because I know it gets people talking and it gets engagement and comments and likes and dislikes and all that stuff. It's a YouTube strategy, you know. But I still love God of War, gave it a 10 out of 10, love Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm happy that God of War won. Like I would have been happy if Red Dead won, but like how could I hate the fact that God of War won when it's like one of my favorite games of this entire generation? I don't know. Like people, you know, you're doing YouTube right when people call you an Xbox fanboy and a PlayStation fanboy. I know, right? People will be like, "Rand's just a uh, Xbox," but then like, <laughs> be like, I'm also a pony, I guess. Like, you know, because I've <laughs> I've been very vocal about you know, for the most part, I think Sony makes better games than Microsoft. 
um and you know like you know and the the xbox fans get upset when i say that and then the playstation fans get upset that i don't talk about playstation that often outside of the games you know what i mean so i mean do you have any like thoughts on uh, god of war winning over red dead i haven't played god of war so you you don't really have an opinion i own it i own it though uh and i'll get around to that after the last of us um, I, I was originally going to play God of War first, but then someone made the good point that Last of Us will feel like it's really dated after playing God of War. So I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll play Last of Us first, which is the older game, and then move. And then God of War will be like dessert, right? Um, so I'm going to... I'll comment probably more on that, but like... I don't know. From the sounds of it, it sounds like God of War deserved to win. Chief Nagy um, says you can only like one game per year, no, no exceptions. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Fallout 76 should have won game of the year. Oh, Jesus. Can you imagine <laughs> who's even nominated? Well, you know what's funny? You know what's funny is Below is nominated for like best Xbox game and best action adventure game. And yet there are no review copies. So how the hell is it nominated? For IGN's thing. Not, eh? Yeah, IGN has like their nominations up for you know the game of the year stuff. Below's nominated for best Xbox game. What? Nobody. Yeah, dude. Read. Go what? to Dan Stapleton's Twitter, right? Because he talked. Can you explain about, why. <sighs> kind of, but it seemed very much like damage controlling because his excuse was that like people have played it in preview or whatever preview events, and it's not keeping no, another game off the list. I'm just saying, dude. Like I, I saw it yesterday, and I was like, that is really weird, right? Here, I'll read you his response. Um. Let's see. Did he delete the tweet, though? Uh, okay, so he tweets out 22 hours ago. For your information, due to lack of early copies, we won't be able to post a below review at launch. Right? And then um, someone goes, wait a minute. Isn't it an IGN's best action adventure game of 2018's list? And then someone else goes, yeah, it's also nominated for best Xbox game and best action adventure game, yet no one has even played it there. And then uh, so Stapleton goes... <laughs> He, he says, while I agree it should not have been nom- should not have been presumptuously nominated, I can assure you that nothing was left off those lists to make room for it. Like, isn't that like the most damage controlling tweet you've ever heard? Like, uh, like I don't know. You know like, it's like, um, for example, we're doing we're doing Windows Central Game Awards for the end of the year. Nobody's going to read them, but I like doing them anyway. Um, and uh, <laughs> and uh. I like I Mutant Year Zero wasn't in my considerations when we started because I hadn't played it. You know, it wasn't even in my radar because like okay, I haven't played it, so it's not being nominated. But now I have played it. No, it is nominated. Uh, Below is not under consideration for any end of year awards because I haven't played it since E3 2016. I think I played it then. I'm not going to base base my nomination based on that. Right, and it's I mean completely different game now. Someone in chat said, uh, Kilo Brown says it was an IGN first game at one point. But how long ago was that? I don't know. And that's the thing. It's like, how is it nominated if you haven't played the game? Like, I don't know. I just, I, I kind of look at that and I find that whole situation really weird. Not only is it best Xbox game, it's best action adventure game. And you're telling me it's okay because it's not preventing another game from being on the list. Come on, son. Like what, uh, when does what? when does when do their when does their voting period end? Because maybe by the time it ends, that more. What if people the game's garbage? 
But then, well, then it won't it won't get votes if the game's gone. Then you couldn't have picked a different game to take its place. But he said no games were left off. Well, I don't know. There's always a game left off. You know what I mean? Sometimes there isn't a conspiracy theory. It's just yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. So, um, the Game Awards, I I I liked it a lot. I think Jeff Keighley has come a long way. Well, um, that show. I got a press release there by the Game Awards. Apparently, it was only three hundred thousand viewers behind the Oscars. Yes, I saw that. So, so next really- year, because the Oscars has been shrinking and the Game Awards has been growing, next year the Game Awards will be bigger than the Oscars, probably. Well, and we have Drake to thank for it. Yes, we do because you know <laughs> gaming gaming is bigger than movies and t- and and TV and music. People don't like want to believe it. True combined. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk. We'll still talk about that, but specifically about the Game Awards. Like my only critique is that it's too long. Like it was three and a half, three hours and fifteen minutes long. It's too long. I think it was three hours and forty-five minutes, if I'm not mistaken. That, that needs to be like forty-five minutes, like cut out from that. Um, I was, think uh, can, it was forty-five minutes of it ads, though. I mean, there was some amount of ads, but like complaining about ads on Twitter. They could literally just cut out the orchestra stuff. I know they want to have it for the music for all these games, and I really did enjoy the Red Dead one. But like, they could just cut that off. I don't know. Like, but it has gotten better. I do enjoy watching it, and one of the reasons people watch it is for the reveals, right? Um, the big, the big It sounds like he's done a really good job with it, Jeff. Yeah, Yeah. He, he he catches some shit, especially from the Xbox community. Because didn't he, didn't he leak a lot of Xbox stuff last year? Well, so last year he said that he uh, price, right? Scorpio was going to be four ninety nine, yeah, 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 and that a lot of Xbox fans were pissed as they, which you never know. Somebody at Xbox could have literally told them the price and told them to announce it, so there would be, you know what I mean? Like you never know. Like Major Nelson could have been like, "Yo, say it's four ninety nine, so there's not sticker shock when it gets announced or something." You never know. Sticker shock. Yeah, you never know when when stuff like that goes down, but. Some of the reveals, though, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, finally coming uh, April 23rd. Um, that tr- trailer was incredibly gory, but incredibly awesome. Um, let's see, Far Cry New Dawn, a new Far Cry game, Jazz, already. A sequel isn't to it, Far Cry 5. Isn't it like, um, like a standalone DLC, really? <sighs> kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not numbered. It's Far Cry New Dawn. It's not Far Cry 5, but it is a sequel to 5. It's a $40 game. So not a full sixty dollar product. It does kind of seem like it should be a DLC for Far Cry that they Setting just the same map. Too, it right? looks like it looks like it, but you know it's got pink flowers, right? Pink flowers. Um, and it looks you know, you a know lot Far like Far Cry Primal has the same map as Far yes. Cry Four. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, what else? It comes out the same day as Crackdown Three, so. <laughs> Crackdown oh, can't catch a really? break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. And yeah. So the 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 February fifteenth is packed. Not only do you have Crackdown three, Far Cry New Dragon, but you got Dead or Alive six and Jump Force on the same day. Like you that, know, it's a shame because like Jump Force is similar in the demographic, probably. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh, big announcement was, let's see here. Obviously rage two. They, they announced a date for that, which I believe was like May 25th. Although rage two and far cry new dawn look very similar. Uh, yeah, but you know, which game is going to be better, right? Rage two is going to be better. 
Oh, Rage yes. 2, definitely. Uh, your game. Bioware teased Dragon Age. Although they didn't really call it Dragon Age. Yes, they did. And, um, uh, but it's been rebooted. So I think they've... they've Okay, so basically what the rumor is regarding Dragon Age is that they they had a they had started building a game. They decided to reboot it. They weren't happy with the product that they were making. Mark Laidlaw left the company who was in charge of the Dragon Age franchise and they're basically when they move um Anthem into its sort of post-launch mode they're going to build a team to start making Dragon Age 4 with a new concept or a different take on what what they were building has been scrapped, basically. So it's it's going to be far away, and I suppose that's why they just teased it. Maybe they wanted to sh- silence any rumors that EA were going to sh- kill it because we all know what happened to uh, Visceral Games, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, and we all know what happened it to also Mass Effect s- Andromeda, don't we? It also seems like them trying to quiet concerns of, hey, I'm a Bioware fan, but I don't really care about Anthem. What do you have for me? And they're like, oh, you know, just so happens we're working on a new Dragon Age, even though, like, you know, the rumors are that it's still three to four years away at this point. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's, so basically, it's, it's a next-gen game. It's miles away. So, um, Solus, have you played Dragon Age Inquisition? Are you into the franchise? I played Dragon Age 1, and I played a little bit of Inquisition. I didn't play 2. So... Mm, not big not, into it, then. Not really. I mean, I I did put a ton of hours into Dragon Age Origins. I love that game. It's one of my favorite games ever. I've um, I'm I'm like a I'm a pretty big Dragon Age fan. I got like the the books and stuff like that. I'm like a proper nerd. So so, I was pretty happy to see that. Um, OTA and I don't trust them. But like the the big one, at least for maybe like Xbox fans, considering it's a studio Microsoft recently purchased and it's Obsidian, was their reveal of the Outer Worlds. Yeah, that, that was the one that got everyone talking by the sounds of it. Well, it's like, hey, here's Fallout, but like without like any of the stuff that you hate about Fallout 76. No <laughs> microtransactions, no loot boxes um, was, from the um, Fallout creators. It was, a per- it was a perfect kind of reveal, right? Everyone's pissed at Bethesda about Fallout 76. Fallout 4 was, you know, it was well-received in general, but it, it's the worst Fallout game before 76 anyway. So, like, Fallout fans are pretty pissed in general. And, like, if you go on the subreddits, most people, like, remember Fallout New Vegas most fondly now. Like, when it when it launched, I remember everyone being pissed about how buggy it was. But, like, now, people, people most people think Fallout New Vegas was the best one in terms of branching narrative and that sort of thing. So, mm. like, when, when, when Obsidian roll around, like, um, when, when Obsidian roll around with uh, their trailer... And they're like, from the creators of Fallout New Vegas, the one that you all like. And um, and then basically show off the, the dialogue the dialogue boxes and stuff. And, you know, it's, it looks Fallout 3-like. It was a perfect reveal, man. It does. And, uh, it, it does. It, it's, it has ditched their um, Pillars of Eternity, like, top view camera, right? Like, the, the Diablo style. This yeah, is a first-person view like fallout and um it's i think it's on unreal engine 4 it looks cool 
Uh, but of course, people people like on Twitter and people elsewhere are like, "Oh my God, this is coming to PlayStation!" Oh, I thought Microsoft bought these guys. You know, um, which obviously, like Microsoft purchased them. Obviously, this game has been in development for a long time. Publishing deals have been made already. Um, we're, should we just explain to some people what's going on with this game, Jez? Because there's a lot of questions going on. Like, first off, who owns the Outer Worlds IP? Is it Microsoft? Is right, it so Private I've, Division? Or is it Obsidian? I've been told that Microsoft owns the IP. Well, Microsoft hasn't actually bought Obsidian yet. Yeah, they haven't fully so, acquired them. So the who knows, man? The deal could still fall through. But Obsidian owns the IP. They own the trademark. And you you provide the link to that, right? Yes. Um, but I've heard that as well from speaking to people I know um, that Microsoft is will be acquiring the IP. But however, the speculation is that um, what are they called? Uh, private division, the subsidiary of uh, Take Two Interactive, who also own Rockstar in the same in the same business, um, they own publishing rights possibly to a sequel as well. So it could be that um it could be that uh the game this game appears on PlayStation and possibly the next one as well. Or this could be the only game. Or this could be the only game. Cuz you got to think about it from like does Private Division and Take 2 want to invest in a franchise that they don't really control? Like they have they have, they have sequel rights. But Microsoft might just have them working on something else. So it's like, do you invest a lot of money in marketing and all this stuff to grow the Outer Worlds when Microsoft could just be like, nah, now you're not doing Outer Worlds, you're doing something else? Well, or is, do you play well, hardball with Microsoft? Microsoft said, Microsoft said that um, Obsidian will be able to choose what they want to do. I'm pretty sure, like, if uh, if Obsidian said we want to make an Outer World sequel. It kind of goes back, and Microsoft said no. That kind of goes back on the promises that Microsoft made, doesn't it? I don't know. I mean, it maybe. I mean, I we weren't in the rooms for there, but like, I can I, say that um, I've heard Take Two have been, um, you know, they they weren't like basically Obsidian joining Microsoft was not a surprise to Take Two. I'll put it that way, right? Well, okay, and if Outer Worlds does become a success, and if Microsoft wants to continue with the franchise, they could just buy the sequel rights from them. Yeah, I mean that that might be something that um, that might be something that's more likely to happen, like Gears of War moving over from Epic Games. Thank God that happened. Imagine, can you imagine if Epic Games still owned Gears of War now after they became the Fortnite company? How depressing would that be for Gears fans? But I mean, like I had always heard that when they went to visit Obsidian and look what they were offering, they they did see the Outer Worlds, but they saw another project, and that's what Microsoft really wanted and was really interested in. You heard that? Was, was that is that insider info or public knowledge? I mean, I don't know. It's just something I was told. I I I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it gets confused with what's like what's been public. I think that's public, but someone also mentioned it to me. So. Um, I don't know. So, like, the game looks cool. Uh, coming supposed to be coming out this year. It's gonna doesn't be interesting to see how the franchise either continues on with as a multiplat while they're working under Microsoft. If Microsoft buys the rights 
and puts a sequel on Xbox and Windows 10, or if it's just a one-off completely. I don't know. Um, I guess it really depends on how it performs. I mean, the game could, I don't know. We'll see either way. Um, that was, I don't know. Like to me, the most impressive announcement was probably mortal Kombat 11, to be honest with you. Like, I think, Oh my God, I love, I love the another realm games. You know, I'm not big into fighting games. Like I enjoy killing this thing, but it's like, I can't, I can't get really excited for them. No. Yeah. But Hey, where was borderlands three? Huh? Oh remember, yeah, what to that rumor? Remember, was where's Borderlands three? Didn't the No say that was happening? And 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 didn't uh, what else? Uh, Warner Brothers and uh, the new like Suicide, like all these games. The No, the No said that. I'm pretty like the No came out with this like video the day before the Game Awards and like Battle Borderlands three is real and here's all the four characters and stuff. Oh my um, god. But they didn't know if it was going to be revealed or something. But I mean, the no is also the same people that said Microsoft bought the Silent Hills IP for $2 billion. Remember, that? <laughs> remember Do you remember that? I just, I, I'd love to have been in the room when like Microsoft heard that rumor. Could you imagine? Like, I still don't know why people like, I'm not saying the no doesn't know people because obviously they're in the industry. But like the fact that you went to make a video and legitimately say Microsoft had bought the Silent Hills IP from Konami for $2 billion. And you said that with the straightest face possible in the Myerson era as well. <laughs> I mean, what are you dumb? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> I can't, I don't know, man. Like really? Like I remember that That's stuff. That's the like, problem, man. If, if you're making a YouTube channel based around rumors and you ain't got a rumor that week, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? We're the no. And we know Microsoft bought Silent Hills for $2 billion. Like, yeah, knows, same- man. Maybe, maybe they have bought it, right? And it's their secret weapon for E3 2019. Yeah, yes. It's a Surface Phone exclusive. The initiative is working on the Silent Hill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what they're working on. And Hide- Hideo Kojima's directing. Yeah, and and Death Stranding is in fact a big viral campaign for some Hills. Now, one of one of the big also takeaways from the Game Awards that really doesn't have anything to do with like the Game Awards themselves or any of the big kind of like game reveals was the Epic Game Store. Uh, oh, yeah. It kind of had a really big presence. Uh, they money handed I... a lot of games to be exclusive to their store. Uh, they have their revenue sharing at like eighty eight percent to the devs versus 12% to uh, Epic, which is different from um, uh, Steam 70-30 split at the beginning. And then eventually, like, if you make $50 million, it's like 80-20. There's this big battle going on here. And little old Ashen was kind of caught in the crossfire. Um, just Ashen. Uh, the, I mean, the ongoing battle now. Well, actually, I suppose it's not as big as Ashen. But um, oh, what's, it, what's the game called now? The game by uh, Coffee Stain. Coffee Stain? Okay. I don't know. What is it? Uh, Satisfactory. So that the Satisfactory is like a, a kind. It's like a management game that was announced for uh, Steam, along and it was on Steam as coming soon for a long time, and then all of a sudden it's uh, it's now Epic Games exclusive, and a lot of fans are angry about it, and like their YouTube videos are getting downvoted to hell. And uh, they've they've put out a, country, a bunch of tweets like, 
trying trying to like mock themselves like dude don't you even have the epic game store like blizzards don't you even have phones but uh it's sort of super meat boy forever as kilo brown says not coming to steam uh, as well like it really it screws it screws over it creates a lot of bad atmosphere around games this the way that the way they handled this like for example ashen didn't have a review program except for like maybe i think it was like four or five outlets now this isn't me being salty because frankly i don't really review games that much anymore but um we covered ashen a lot in the last couple of years and like obviously we heard the rumors that um ashen was going to be released at the game awards obviously we reached out to them saying is there any chance of a review copy we've heard it's coming out blah 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 no reply um she's fine and then all of a sudden three three reviews go up or three or four or five reviews or something like that go up and then like uh ashens gets its announcement it's its steam exclu- uh find out that it's epic game store exclusive and xbox game pass is no longer a thing and there's all this confusion and it's like what the hell's going on you know and um and someone was tweeting me today saying like why why aren't big game outlets reviewing ashen and it's because Epic, Epic Games basically controlled the marketing around Ashen's launch. Like, whatever deal they caught with Annapurna Interactive kind of put a real dampener on the launch, I feel like. I think if that game had launched on Steam as normal and it had launched on Xbox Game Pass, uh, Xbox Play Anywhere, as advertised, there wouldn't have been, like, this, this like, sort of... And also, it had like a proper review program where Microsoft was handling the PR, giving out review codes to people, and you know, and all the reviews went up at once. I think it would have it would have reached way more, or way more than it had with Ep- the partnership with Epic Games. But that's just me. Well, I mean, it, clearly, Epic cut someone's a check here, like they're doing for these other other people. They're maybe they're, you know, doing trying to loss leader thing to get people interested in checking out the store. I think they're giving away two free games every other week or something, or every month you just sign up um how much of this is a threat to steam though like should steam be incredibly worried about Not epic now. i think i, I still I've, I've been saying it for months discord is still more of a threat to steam than epic um but the difference between discord and epic is that epic has an unreal amount of cash see what i did there yeah unreal uh, yeah. some would say it's a Fortnite amount of cash yeah, so uh, and it's not just that they've got Fortnite; they're also levering, leveraging the Unreal Engine as well, and they're being like, you know, launch a game store, we'll subsidize Unreal Engine for you, or something, some kind of deal like that. So, like, whereas Discord has a lot of eyeballs, um, the Unreal on the Unreal platform has like they have the engine aspect, and they also have they have lots of established developer relationships through the sales of the Unreal Engine, and also they've got shitloads of cash money to play with so um in that case maybe epic games can be a big threat to uh steam and I, i've been saying on twitter that steam quite honestly needs some legitimate competition they desperately need some competition because steam has stagnated over the years with like it's full of crapware it's like the curation is terrible. The launch has barely changed in a million years. And that's reflected in the fact that most people have moved over to Discord for their communities and stuff now because 
Steam chat is really, really crappy um, and stuff like that. So they have stagnated from the lack of competition. And also, like, they haven't bothered to make Left 4 Dead 3. They haven't bothered to make Half-Life 3, obviously. They don't really bother making any sort of big games now. All they care about is games that try and get grab your engagement, like Dota and that stupid Hearthstone ripoff, which is already tanked, apparently. So um, they need competition. So on that basis, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to welcome the Epic Game Store. But on the flip side, the way they're sort of money-hatting devs and then leaving them, like, hanging them out to dry to explain to their fans why, you know, X, where did XPA go for Ashen and uh, where did, like, in Coffee Stain's case, like, why, why is this game now exclusive to Epic Games? Like, the way they handled that and they wouldn't let the devs communicate with their fans, I think that was garbage. And it kind of reflects on a lack of experience on the part of Epic Games. And my, my hope is that it is just lack of experience and not arrogance. Because if a company with as much money as Epic Games comes into this industry, and if they are successful, and if they do remain arrogant, that's going to be bad for the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, of course. I mean, if they if they develop a sense, I mean, it's great that they're 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 sort of pushing Microsoft and Steam and Sony as well, I guess, to try and give developers a better cut of the money. That's a great that's a great thing, you know. Um, and if they're trying to um, they're trying to push cross platform play as well with uh, the Unreal Engine updates today comes they come baked in with cross platform mechanics for Steam for PlayStation for Xbox. It, it all comes baked into the Unreal Engine now, so developers have to do less work. And um, and stuff like that. All that stuff is really great, but they can't treat gamers like they're just some sort of incidental thing, you know. And I, I feel like I feel like that is potentially what could happen when a company with Epic Games just comes in, and has all this money, and they can do whatever they want and feel like they can get away with it because they've they've captured this sort of they've captured the imagination of an entire generation with Fortnite. So I'm yeah, just I, I'm just hoping they'll do it in a in an ethical way. Well, I mean, I'm always for more competition, and Steam has dominated PC gaming for so long. Uh, yeah. Clearly, like if this does uh, gather momentum, I mean, we're already seeing Steam change their royalty pay- payouts, so that's yeah. a plus, and you know, to developers, you know. But like, I'm not really a fan of what happened with Ashen. Uh, yeah. I, it, it reminds me a little bit of like Xbox versus PlayStation. Like we're going to money hat some stuff over here and we're going to money hat some stuff over here, which I guess is something they have to do to get people to check out their store. But I mean, this will just make I steam work harder and Epic work harder. And at the end I, you would, I know PC gamers though, like they hate, they hate uh, like new launchers, right? It is getting they, ridiculous. Like I've got, I've got the BattleNet launcher for Hot Heroes yeah. of the Storm. I've got Steam for Stellaris Megacorp, um, which I, I wanted to talk about during the segment, but I didn't. But yeah, I've been playing Stellaris a lot lately, and obviously I play that through Steam. And then you've got like the Microsoft Store, which is baked in, and then you've got like Epic Game Store. You've got Ubisoft UPlay, you EA's EA, Origin, yeah. and then Bethesda have announced that Rage Two will not yep. become a Steam. That you have. Have to download the Bethesda launch for that one. It's so, like, geez, uh, like they all these launchers, right? But I, it would be interesting to see if this affects Microsoft and Sony and the royalties they give out. But maybe yeah, not no, because they, um, 
it's a bit different with them because they have like these closed platforms, and the consoles are subsidized by yeah. by uh, the cut they make from the, the licensing sales. It's like yeah, we'll sell the console at a loss or very very little profit, like one percent five one percent to like ten percent profit or whatever, and then we'll we'll um it's a loss leader, right? It's like printers. You sell you sell the printers for cheap and then make the money back on the ink, and it's the same. For games consoles, you sell the consoles for relatively cheap, and then you make the money back. On well, yeah, the game you, you, you don't either. You take a loss in the console, or you maybe make two bucks. But the money's not in the console. The money, the the console is just a gateway to make money. It's the games and the services, which one of the big services Microsoft is fo- focusing on is Game Pass. And Phil Spencer had some interesting things to say about Game Pass. And this is the segment where you know. Uh, <laughs> I've been looking forward to talking about this with you for a while. Um, Phil said basically Game Pass coming to PC, which we know about, right? Obviously to make their Windows 10 offering look a little bit better, uh, get people to check out their store, which mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to do very much, Jez. I, I'm still very, what's the term, bullish? Am I bullish on Windows st- when the Windows t- store? Skeptical. Or- I, I'm I'm incredibly skeptical that Microsoft can do anything in that space that anybody on the PC cares about. But uh, he mentions that it'll eventually go to every device. And of course, this has led to a lot of debate on what every device actually means. <laughs> Does every device mean your phone? Yes. You know, your Android phone? 100%, right? They've mentioned Android phones before. But Google, the- Google can't stop them putting right. it on Android either. However, I have a... I've, I've never heard Microsoft, when talking about xCloud and all this stuff, mention iOS at all. i tell you why that is. It's because it's against Apple's policy to allow other stores on their store. That's right. So when this eventually launches, whether it's... I know they're doing a beta for it next year. It's going to be on Android phones, but more than likely, it's not going to be on iOS, right? Yes, it won't and, be on iOS to begin with, but... I have heard that iOS is in the roadmap. Is in the so, what? The roadmap? In the For roadmap. eventually down the road? Yes. Because um, you have to remember that, yeah, Apple and Microsoft are rivals in a lot of ways, but they're also partners in a lot of ways too. And um, there are there are concessions Microsoft can give to Apple to make sure that xCloud can survive on ios in much the same way uh, netflix does right there's um there are there are there are concessions that can be made bespoke deals that can be cut um like steam link for steam disappeared off ios that's because steam basically has nothing it can offer to apple in order to leverage that um onto their platform whereas microsoft does have things they can leverage to apple to get xCloud onto iOS, like in Office and stuff like that, because who the hell wants to use Apple's? Well, the question is, Peter Young says Android phones are eighty percent, eighty-seven percent of the world's market. You know, for phones, does Microsoft yeah. even need iOS? Well, the, well, this, that's the thing. It doesn't matter about the market share. It matters who spends the money. And that's I'm true. telling you now, nobody spends money on Android phones. Android is terrible for for developers making money. Whereas so I, people I, spend money on iOS. People spend money on iOS. They spend money in droves on iOS. Like right. that. That's like that. That Android market share figure comes from like you know your cheap Android handsets 
and and all those other android sort of devices whereas like if you're a developer really you want your you want your app on ios really and um that's where the, you're going to make the big money and um so microsoft will you know they they want they want it on the ipad you know they want it on the iphone they they don't just want to restrict it to Android phones, and I think they'll they'll be able to cut a deal with Apple to make that happen. In much the same way, Netflix probably had to cut a deal. In a way, Netflix directly competes with iTunes, right? Because Apple sells movies and stuff through their store. Yeah, but somehow they they managed to cut a deal for they, Spotify. They to, yeah. Money talks, as you say. Money right? talks. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, shout out to Mega Badseed. He says, "I can't wait for Xbox to announce a proper Xbox handheld Switch style." Um, that's interesting. I mean, <laughs> I I know for people that like the the portable aspect of it, and maybe to go along with the XCloud stuff, a may a portable Xbox device makes sense. But I mean, is it in the is it in the works? You know, uh, I've I've been hearing weird things about that. Weird things. But moving on, because we, you know, we obviously can't really elaborate on weird things. But yes, the Raven can, flows I can, right. I actually can't elaborate on weird things. Okay, really, really quickly, we have like 330 people watching. I think we had up like 370. Uh, make sure you guys hit that like button. Do me and Jez a favor. Show some love to the podcast. Hit it up. Subscribe if you're new. If this is your first time here. And uh, all right, we'll elaborate. So Xbox handheld switch style. Is it maybe a folding Surface phone that'll be Xbox branded? Give me the deets, Jazz. What's going on? Well, I've heard that. I, I haven't heard. Well, I don't know. I've been hearing weird rumors that Microsoft might be exploring making a handheld device like the Switch. But one thing I do know for a fact is that OEMs like Razer and others are exploring making peripherals that will basically make Xbox gaming better on your phone and stuff. So imagine like a special Razer dock for your phone that is sort of like an Xbox controller, that sort of thing. I do know that OEMs are working on that stuff. Hmm. So um, they're not just going to, they're not, Microsoft isn't just going to throw this out onto touch controls and let it go. They know that touch controls is a garbage way to play games. um, And uh, they need to sort of, they need to be, to make this console quality, a console quality experience like Phil Spencer described it. It needs tactile controls. It needs joysticks. It needs a D-pad. It needs triggers. And um, they know that. And I know that companies are working on those accessories for phones and stuff like that. So you might not even need an Xbox handheld. You might just need a dock for your phone or something like that. Right. So, um, but of course, the bigger... I mean, I guess people like the console war aspect because I always goes back to this for whatever reason... When people hear every device, they think PlayStation and Switch. Am I going to be able to play Halo 6 and Gears 5 by just logging into my PlayStation 5 one day, loading up my Xbox Game Pass app that hits up and spins up the Xbox Cloud on the PlayStation 5 and streaming you know, Halo essentially on my PlayStation? Um, same thing for the Switch. Um, I think, personally... When I Phil, I believe Phil Spencer when he says they literally want to be on every device. I think he, he literally means every device. Like there's, you know what I mean? Uh, he does. He does mean that. He does I'll mean. T- that. I'll, t- I'll tell you straight now, straight up, right now. He means every device. It doesn't yes. mean. He doesn't mean just Microsoft devices. He means every device. Every device that they can like possibly Office. get on. 
But of course, just like with we were talking about with with Apple, each of these other companies have their own business strategies and their own business dealings they have to deal with. Uh, PlayStation may not want Xbox on PlayStation at all. They may not want that app. Um, while Nintendo Switch, I, I honestly feel at some point you'll be able to load up your Nintendo Switch, grab it off the dock, and just access an Xbox Game Pass app from your Nintendo Switch and play Xbox games on it at some point. Xbox is already on Nintendo Switch with Minecraft. The API stack is up, up right. right now on your Switch. You can log into Xbox Live on your Switch when playing Minecraft. So I would, I'd be happy to put money down that xCloud will hit Nintendo Switch someday. Like you, it's like whether it hits uh, PlayStation or not depends. Well, yeah, whether it hits, yeah, that's all on Sony, and you could you could make the case for both. Like Sony is very much, they don't really want competition for their own stuff on the PlayStation. They have PlayStation now, which is a streaming service, download service, very much like Game Pass, and they don't want competition for that on their store, which is exactly what would be Xbox Game Passes, and they already don't allow EA Access, a very similar service. So if Microsoft presented that to them, Sony may be like, no, we're not, we're not going to let you be on here. We're not going to let you just easily access 90 million of our users and have them all create Xbox Live accounts and spend money on your platform, increasing your monthly active users so you can take that information and go and get better deals from third parties because you have more people on your platform. We're not interested in helping you out. The mm-hmm. other crux of the argument is that if sony allowed it then that gives people a less reason to buy an xbox right because if you can just buy a playstation to play all the third-party games and all the sony's exclusives but then also have the ability to play xbox games through game pass then those customers have no reason to ever think about buying an xbox ever again and it keeps them in that ecosystem even if they're spending some of their time on Xbox Live, which I would imagine Sony would get a cut of some sort of money, right? Uh, and that, and actually, that would make Microsoft happy because, as we know, services have better margins than the hardware. So, if um, if it, what what is worse for Microsoft is if someone buys an Xbox and then they don't buy any games. Yes, that, that is like that is really bad for Microsoft because that means they've sold an Xbox unit potentially made a loss on that xbox and then not made any money back on the console whereas if they don't sell an xbox and people buy the service on playstation then that's good for xbox but it's also good for sony too because it means in sony's hardware centric business model that someone's not buying an xbox because they're just using the service to play the odd game so the thing is i don't think sony's gonna allow it regardless i still don't either but i don't think so and i already see people in chat saying uh, we have Ravenflow saying Microsoft is working their way out of console. We have Calissa saying they no longer wish to produce Xbox consoles, Rand. I think, That's bullshit. like, ultimately, ultimately, and when I say ultimately, I mean 15 years from now. I do think 15 years from now, the goal is to not have consoles, but that doesn't necessarily go for Xbox. That goes for literally PlayStation as well. Right? Maybe. Um, but for for the foreseeable future next generation and the generation after that, like they're going to be consoles because like you can look at it like this. What is X cloud? Really? It's streaming. 
is everybody on board with streaming? No, of course not. Right? It's going to be a cheap entry way. You're going to be a, you have phone. Everybody has phones, as the Diablo people know. Or you got phones, right? Everybody's <laughs> yeah. got a PC. Everybody has TVs. I'm assuming Microsoft will try to get an app for Game Pass on TVs, on smart TVs and stuff. And it's a streaming Browsing, thing. Man. But not everybody yeah. has the data caps for that or the good internet for that, right? So, like, the obviously is, like, if you want the real experience, you have to get a console or you have to use Windows 10 on the PC, right? That's kind of, like, uh, the if or type of thing. Like, yeah, you could stream Halo 6 on your TV, but it might not be that good. But then you could just play it normally on your console. I think they're going to... um I think they're they're both going to produce consoles for uh, quite some time. In fact, we know they are. I mean, Jez knows. Uh, we we talked. He mentioned you know the Brad Sams thing. You, I mean, they already said they're making the next Xbox consoles. I think people just get a little bit worried with streaming, and they think Microsoft, especially with this talk of putting Game Pass everywhere, that Microsoft is literally be like one day going to be like, by the way, guys, done with consoles, had a good run. We are a third party publisher like Sega now, right? Isn't that, isn't that the irrational fear that people have? I think that's the irrational fear some people have and the, the hope that some fanboys have. Well, okay, yes. There are, there are very much a lot of fans uh, from the PlayStation and Nintendo side that hope that this is Microsoft leaving and that, uh, you know, that their games will appear on, you know, Sony and Nintendo, even though I've heard... From these guys for the last couple of years, Xbox has no games. So, what games would be put on? So, I don't know. It's weird. Either way, um, I, I I still feel that when Mike, I think, when- I think like I think the truth is that um, it's like Surface, right? Surface doesn't need to exist. It's expensive. It's over-engineered, frankly. But it's the best Windows experience you can get. It is the best. If you want the best Windows experience, it pretty much lives on Surface. I mean, there are there are very good laptops out there that are cheaper, that maybe even have better specs. But like when it comes to build quality and the sort of harmony between the the software and the hardware, you, you, so Surface is unbeatable, man. I don't care what anyone says. Surface laptops are the best Windows laptops in the world, and uh, it's going to be like that for Xbox, man. It's going to be like, yeah, you can get Xbox Game Pass and it's going to offer a decent experience. Uh, I mean, xCloud. And we hope it's going to offer a decent experience. But it ain't going to be 4K. It might not even be 1080p. It might be like 10, you know, it might be like 720p with artifacts, you know. And um, it's not going to be the best experience. Whereas the Xbox One X will offer the best experience of those games. So... It's kind of like Surface. If you want the premium, the premium experience with no no need for blowing up your internet or whatever and have local experience, if you want to collect the games and have them like in the box on your shelf, they'll still offer that experience in much the same way that you can still buy vinyl records. You know, if you want to have them all nice and pretty on your shelf, you want to buy those like collector's edition things and stuff like that. I think they'll, they'll always offer that experience. Surface doesn't need to exist, but they still do it. They still do it because they can and they're good at it. And they'll still make Xboxes just because they can and they're good at it. Look, I mean, the reality of the situation is that the console itself isn't as important to Microsoft as it once was. 
right? It's just not as important in general because well, the, it's the, it's still incredibly important to Sony. Yeah, clearly, right? But I'm saying that the moment Microsoft said Xbox Play Anywhere and you can play all the Xbox games on your PC, lets you know that they're like, okay, the console isn't as important. That the idea of Game Pass through xCloud being on phones, being on TVs, potentially being on the Switch is them telling you, look, the console isn't the, the console's for the people that want the console. It's not that incredibly important to us. What's important to us is Xbox Live growing, monthly active users going up, raking in money from everywhere else, reaching 2 billion gamers when we can only reach, what, 80 million tops with the 360? That's what importance to them. The importance to them is the growth, the investment. And I don't know, like... The thing is, they realize this with Windows, too, is that they're, they're fighting for attention with a sort of a cloud of different distractions, basically. Like, I, I can't get, like... Like, you see this in Japan, right? Consoles are in decline in Japan because the, the whole mobile phone distraction and stuff like that. And uh, this is a way to sort of target those sort of casual gamers who are distracted by Candy Crush and they're distracted by Angry Birds and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that xCloud is suddenly going to turn a generation of people into hardcore gamers. But um, it's it's something, you know. It's it's something that a console just can't do. You know? Okay. Interesting question. Lowell245 says, Ran, why should I care about this as a gamer? You shouldn't. That's the whole thing. This only really... The only people that care about this are the ones really deep into the console war. The ones that are like, if a game is only good, if it's only on my platform, right? Because would God of War, if God of War was on PC, would it not just be as good as it was? Of course. Like, so if you're just in it for the games, just play the games and play them wherever you want to play them. If that's the PlayStation, play it there. If it's the Xbox, play it there. If it's the PC, play it there. If you want to play on your phone, play it there. Like as a gamer, as someone who just enjoys games, none of this really matters at all. Um, Some people want to know the strategy that Microsoft is implementing or trying to do, which is what we, you know, talk about here on the show. But in re- at, at at the brass tax and the, mo- the majority of people don't care the majority the majority of people all they want to do is play with their friends in Fortnite or Madden or Call of Duty and if that's on PlayStation so be it and if it just so happens to be on Xbox then whatever you know what i mean this only really matters to like people what's the right word for a jazz <laughs> i don't know if all you care about are the games, none of this should matter. Like, in specifically Xbox, like, there'll be more games coming for from Xbox next gen than they put out this this gen. Like, Microsoft is clearly invested on providing content. Now, whether or not that content's going to be any good is anybody's guess. I think it will be, as they've required some good studios. But if you're an Xbox gamer, it's like the games will come. And uh, they'll be in more quantity than before, clearly, as Microsoft is finally investing in their first party. And if you're a PlayStation gamer, then PlayStation has you covered. And the third parties are going to be on both. So you just matter of where you want to play. You know, that's all there is to it. I mean, Microsoft um, wants to make money, right? 
But they of also course, that's, that's the they also goal of any business to make yeah. money. But they also they want to grow the industry because growing the industry means they can make more money. And right now the console industry is it's stuck. You know it, it's okay. And PlayStation Four only just uh, took over three sixty lifetime sales. Now some people might say, "Oh, that's really impressive," but to me that doesn't really. I mean, yeah, the industry's grown, but it's grown it's grown um outward, not upward. It's grown like monetizing the existing base of users has gotten better with microtransactions, with engagement and all that sort of stuff. But now they they want the industry to grow upwards, not just outwards. And to grow it upwards, they need to hit people where they are, which is on phones, which is on their PCs, which is on their web browsers, man. It's like wherever they are. And that's what Microsoft calls the intelligent edge. And that's why Microsoft is now the world's biggest business. And it's because um, Steve Ballmer's philosophy was Office, Office should be a Windows exclusive to make people use Windows. Microsoft was like, but uh, Satya Nadella and you know others sort of chimed in with like, well, what if Office was where people are rather than where we wish they were? And then they put Office on iPad, they put it on Android, they put it in a web browser, they put it everywhere. And now Office is like orders of magnitude bigger than what it was, right? It's huge. It's just massive because they grew... They grew upwards. They grew the amount of people they could target upwards. And that's what they're going to do with xCloud, right? And, well, that, um, yeah, that's what they hope they're going to do with it. I still, have hope they're going to do. I still have my doubts, and I've said this to Phil personally. I was like, just because you suddenly have Gears 5 and Ori on devices for people that, you know, for whatever reason didn't want console doesn't make... you those people want to play those games. Like for instance, my mom and my sister play candy crush every day. They're never in a million years going to play gears five or halo six. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've seen this with my girlfriend, right? My girlfriend's got access to all my consoles and all my games. And I've tried, I've tried getting her to play Diablo, which I, I consider to be a, a pretty casual sort of experience, but you know, it's, she's just not a gamer. She's not, she's not into those things. She'd rather like browse Instagram or, or watch YouTube videos and stuff like that. Some people just, some people just don't get it. I I don't know what it is. And you're right. Like XCloud, and like I said earlier, XCloud isn't going to suddenly make a whole generation of extra people gamers overnight. And it's like I've got a I've got a cousin, right? She um she plays uh she plays World of Tanks religiously, but she doesn't really play anything else. Like I think she plays a bit of Fortnite here and there, but she's obsessed with World of Tanks. I've tried to get get her to play other games, but she won't. You know, she won't play any of the games with World of Tanks. And uh, even though she's got access to do so, and uh, is X Cloud suddenly gonna get her to play other games? I, I don't think so. Okay, so Ravenflow says it means that they have less reason to buy a console, which shrinks the console market, shrinks the market. Like, here's the thing. That's not, that's not true because when Google enters the market, they may not be entering with a hardware device. It won't be entering with a hardware and device. And it'll be, it'll be browser-based. It'll be streaming. And they're going to be trying to go for, like, they're going to try to expand the market that way. I, I mean, don't understand. How, how can you possibly say not buying a console shrinks the market. I mean, don't don't you understand? 
It's like if if you have if you have XCloud wherever you are, that grows the market. That literally grows the market. And that's why Switch is doing so well, is because of its portability and versatility. You can take it anywhere with you and you can fit it in around your life. And that's part of part of the the idea behind the streaming stuff, PlayStation Now and xCloud is that you can fit it in around your life you know i could ta- i could play xCloud when i'm you know on, lo- on location in a hotel without having to take my xbox with me and stuff like that it grows the market in this in it grows the market outwards is it going to grow the market upwards in, in a sense of uh, capturing new gamers and stuff probably not you know but like as we've seen from fortnite and drake apparently gaming is cool now because of because of this yeah phenomenon that is battle royale and that was like battle royale was like a bit of an innovation and uh if they can get x cloud to be as convenient as something like netflix and i think it could change the way people see games and you know maybe it won't but they have to try you know and it's part of the job of a tech company like microsoft is to innovate and try new things you know and they've got all this cloud power all these data centers across the world, three in Germany, I think, maybe four now. Um, why not use it to try and do something like this? I mean, true. And I just wanna I wanna reference uh, a question or maybe a comment from Porterock. He says Microsoft developing and publishing huge AAA games, and somehow people think Satya Nadella will be cool keeping it away from the two platforms that a majority of console gamers like. Mean Jazz already said if PlayStation was going to allow Game Pass and Xbox Live on the PlayStation, then I fully expect an app to be there on both the Switch and PlayStation. But I don't expect PlayStation to want that as it competes within their own ecosystem, and that is not something Sony would be interested in. Now, I know you've said, and we talked on Twitter, that you think Microsoft will direct publish Xbox games in the future like EA does on the service. And I don't think that is going to happen. Microsoft isn't interested in that. Microsoft is interested in growing Xbox Live. They're not interested in in sales of games. As sales of games don't matter as much to Microsoft in the era of Game Pass anymore as one game can underperform and another one overperform and then you have game pass you know picking up the slack so to speak what microsoft wants is they want the people that are using the playing their games whether it's on the tv or the phone or the pc or on xbox or on the streaming device is literally to be connected to xbox live that is the goal and the goal is to grow xbox live so a direct published game maybe a direct published game that accesses Xbox Live on PlayStation now, PlayStation a, play, a, a direct published game that is a platform like Minecraft, maybe. But those single player games, no, nah, no way. There's no value. There's no value in it. Uh, the, the it's like revert. It's like value in reverse, right? Like get the the value for Game Pass is the the the, the sort of games that get added to it. And if you've got a single player game which has weak margins because there's no upsell, then no, they're not gonna they're not gonna publish that because the margins ain't good. The margins are good to Minecraft because Minecraft is a platform with, upon which they can sell additional services and thus make a lot of money. So like Minecraft being everywhere has made a ridiculous amount of money 
and Microsoft have made back their investments and all that sort of stuff. And, but even uh, but even still, so Sony backed out on allowing crossplay because they don't want people signing into Xbox Live on the PlayStation Network. Yeah, exactly. To play Minecraft. So I don't like. I I agree. Me and Jazz both agree that if Sony would say yes, I fully expect an Xbox Game Pass app to be on PlayStation. I don't expect them to publish because that's not what Microsoft is trying to do. It's not about sales of games, Porter Rock. That's what I think you're you're misunderstanding here. It's not about sales of individual games. It's more about the services and everything else than it is about extra because if it was about like the sales of games, all their games would be on steam day one, but it's not about steam. It's not, it's not about like the, the revenue it's, it's about getting people into the ecosystem. I mean, and I know, I know, I know you'll say recourse on steam, quantum breaks on steam, killer instincts on steam eventually. Right. But of course, the common denominator on all those points is all those games are published by or actually made by third-party developers, right? Might be something in the contract when they originally work with Microsoft that says, you know, those games have to go on Steam or whatever. If you notice, like, no actual game made by Microsoft first parties on Steam. It's only the games that are done by contracted second party. Does that mean Crackdown 3 is going to come to Steam at some point, Jez, do you think? I mean, all the other games, like Sunset Overdrive came to Steam. Rise came to Steam. Recore came to Steam. Like, even, like, stuff like Zoo Tycoon came to Steam. Like, all the games that were done by second parties, Killer Instinct came to Steam. At some point, you don't think Crackdown will? Uh, Killer Instinct came to Steam because they were trying to to boost the numbers, I think. Mm. I don't think Crackdown... I don't think Crackdown will come to Steam. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um... Like so, some sometimes Microsoft just makes the decisions based on what's what's a good idea. Putting Killer Instinct on Steam was a good idea because, and you notice they'll wait till they're crossplay working before they did that. Um, so it's not like it was like Iron Galaxy wanted was like, oh my god, put this on Steam because we want more money out of our contract. It was more like, oh my god, Killer Instinct, nobody nobody takes Killer Instinct seriously because the Windows Store is a piece of crap. And we wanna we wanna put it on Steam where all the real PC games are. Whatever. Um I think that was that was more the decision there. But it's like with Age of Empires too, right? Age of Empires is is on Steam. Age of Empires Definitive Edition is on Steam. And that's because RTS is a hardcore hardcore genre and all the all the hardcore gamers are on Steam. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, this podcast is actually kind of going quite long, so um, I know Jez has to uh, get going. It's late take for him. Questions. Um, you sure you want to take some questions? All right, throw some take questions in their chat. We'll take a few, but um, just quickly. I don't know the 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 game pass thing is interesting because if you take Phil at his word, which I do, and I know he means everything, and I know that means PlayStation. But the thing is, like, I still don't think PlayStation, like, and I know I can see Porter Rock saying he agrees with me that he doesn't think they'll allow Game Pass, but he thinks Sony would allow direct publish. I don't think Microsoft is interested in direct publishing. I think so- Sony would allow direct publish because they get a cut, right? But, I saw that, but that's Microsoft wouldn't do that because there's, there's, there's less benefit for them to do that. 
they don't need to do that because it's not like um you know it's not like those games are gonna i mean they could put halo they could put halo on playstation and it'd sell they could have done that before but they're, they're not going to do that because there's no value in it for them the value is getting people paying for xbox live getting them paying for game, game pass. pass you know that's where the margins are the margins are in the services privilege to play on xbox live that's where the margins are yeah which is why if it would want to playstation it would be a game pass app because microsoft would want you to subscribe and pay constantly instead of just a one-off halo purchase but either way i mean we're we're we it's a lot of speculation for some that we now may not know happened but shout out to worrywart <laughs> a good friend i love watching his videos uh, he says, what preceded the Big Bang? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a tough question, Jez. What preceded the Big Bang? Uh, nachos. Do single-cell organisms have DNA info encoded to evolve into anything? Well, you're getting a little heavy here, uh, Warrior Wart. Like, uh, I didn't think I'd be thinking about this on a, a Wednesday at 5.15. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, you know, you, you did mention earlier that you're not sure that Brad Sam's info is correct, Jez. Or that you I might have differing info. I've heard, I've heard conflicting. So what do you think? What do you think? He said Navi. He said Zen two CPU with Navi architecture for the GPU. Are you hearing differently? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> well, don't leave us hanging unless, of course, you can't say. Then I guess. Uh, I, I. You might say it on Windows Central in the future. Okay, we might see it in Windows Central soon. Got it. Uh, I like. Face... I, I prefer reporting things when I can show a document. All right, that's good. All right, so face. He wants to know what if the Outer Worlds does very good for Xbox and Obsidian, since Microsoft doesn't care about console sales. Would they keep Obsidian or other devs to keep their games multi-plat? Um. Uh, if Outer Worlds, I mean Microsoft. We kind of talked about that, but Microsoft could purchase the sequel rights from. Uh, take two, or are you saying if it does well and Microsoft just wants Outer Worlds 2 to be on PlayStation regardless because it sold well? I mean, uh, it's weird. Microsoft could they could just decide kind of like Minecraft because Minecraft was on PlayStation beforehand and it had a fan base there. Microsoft, like, there'd be like some PR negativity from. There would have been PR negativity from pulling Minecraft from those platforms, right? Um, so obviously, they uh, they didn't do that. But Minecraft was more of a platform thing. But when it comes to a single-player game, a single-player game, the value is for Microsoft is getting people to subscribe to Game Pass to play that single-player game or getting people to buy an Xbox to play that single-player game. So I would presume that they probably would try and make it exclusive rather than publish it themselves on PlayStation. But who knows, man? I mean, we live in strange times. A fuzzy Belvedere wants to know if Epic is owned by Tencent or do they just have a large share? I think they, I don't think they're owned. I think they no. just have a, a very influential share. I think it's 30% maybe. Yeah, it is a big it's, share. It is a big, big share though. Um, Big, big. Yes, Peter Young says, Brad Sam says it was the next-gen AMD architecture for the GPU, which is what most people refer to as Navi. I'm not the most tech-oriented guy, but that's what people tell me. 
And Ned says uh, they own 40%. So, Ooh, that's a big um, what else we got here? Uh, let's see. Um, Tencent must make stupid money. Eric Smith wants to know, you guys have any thoughts on how the majority of Xbox fans hating on Sony's one and done, but now celebrating all these new studios that are known for creating one and dones? <laughs> well, the majority of Xbox fans, you mean the super minority? You mean just like the vocal ones here on Twitter that maybe amount to 15 people? You mean you're talking about that majority? <laughs> you see, oh my God. it's funny because people like, let's get this. Let's get one thing straight. The Xbox community here on Twitter and YouTube is incredibly small and has no, I wouldn't call the majority of anything. Like, let's say there's 40 million Xbox consoles out there. You're talking about 20 people at most who, who say those things, maybe a hundred people. Right. And then there's, of course there's others that don't. So like, I find that laughable when you say majority, because it's not the majority. Um, but some of that's the console war stuff. Some of that's just like, hey, uh, Sony does those type of games, single player only. Microsoft tends to do more multiplayer, so I hate one and done. And then when it gets announced that the Microsoft's buying studios that are known for making one and dones, they got to promote and be happy for anything Microsoft does, so they flip flop, and it's very apparent. I mean, you can you can spot when someone's a fanboy because they're inconsistent. Now, if someone says one week that Sony's bad for making one-offs or whatever, then you know, and then next week praising Microsoft for doing the same, then you know, it's it's uh, console insecurity, you know. So, and it works both ways. I see so much insecurity in my timeline from people who literally spend all day of their adult lives worrying about plastic boxes. It's sad. I mean, yeah, I mean, one and done is used as like, oh my god, one and done. Like, one and it's done is. Thing. I I hate that. Like, look, man. Like, gatekeeping, I, man. I love one and done games as much as I love multiplayer games. They both give unique experiences, and to say one's better than the other is outrageous. It's just that some people love Xbox and hate PlayStation, so they hate one and done games. And then, you know, some people, you know, love PlayStation and say single player games are the only thing that matters and talk about like multiplayer is like insignificant or something. I feel like genuinely bad for anyone who struggled to leave the high school mentality behind them of the console war. I feel genuinely depressed for anyone who is an adult who really genuinely passionately cares about that stuff. Cake Batter says multiplayer versus one and done refers to replay value. A valid discussion. The problem is re- replay value is entirely subjective to the person playing the game. Someone will get more, you know, value out of a thirty-hour single-player game than they will out of a multiplayer game. Well, like it's, it, it's like it's like put it this way, right? I um I love my multiplayer games. I love playing games with friends. I played Monster Hunter World this year. I got about two hundred hours in Monster Hunter World. I had an insane amount of fun with my family and friends playing Monster Hunter World. I got some of my best gaming memories of the year out of Monster Hunter World. But I'll tell you right now, the first 10 minutes of The Last of Us made a bigger impression on me than those 200 hours of Monster Hunter World. Because it's a completely different experience, you know? 
Like I, I, I look back on Final Fantasy VII with like a, a, a sort of fondness that I just don't have for Battlefield Bad Company Two, for example. I put like four hundred hours into Battlefield Bad Company Two on Xbox 360 and on PC. I played it on both platforms religiously, but like I don't look back on that game with the same sort of emotional attachment like I do with Final Fantasy VII. And it's because they're they're completely different experiences, and that's the great thing about gaming: diversity. There's something for everyone, you know. Yeah, and uh, the Raven, because I wanted to, you know, talk about this for just a second and reiterate. He says multiplayer games are the highest selling games on PlayStation. Ran Xbox gamers are so also wrong about that. I think you misunderstood my point. My point was how I forget the guy that asked the question about how Xbox. The majority of Xbox gamers are saying that one and done games are bad. And I said, it's like a super small section of people like 15. Right. And like on the flip side, I have those same 20 PlayStation fans that say single player is the only thing that matter. And that multiplayer is, you know, not doesn't matter at all and is garbage. But like you said, play multiplayer games sell the, the most on most on every platform. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my whole point. I'm not saying, like, PlayStation fans say that. I'm saying it's those same vocal minority. Like, the only games that matter are God of War, Spider-Man, and Day is Gone. When, like, who cares about Fortnite and, 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 uh, you know, Rainbow Six? You know? It's that stuff. That's what I was referring to. But, um, let's see. Uh, Jay Farrell says, you guys say this, but it'd be podcast chopping up with these same sad, pathetic fanboys. Um, you'd have to say who, though. Like I, I don't really podcast very very much. Some people ask me to be on, and I'd be on, uh, because I'm honored to be asked. You know, I've done podcasts from, you know, everybody. But like, you're still a fanboy. You're still a fanboy. It's just because just because you're a sad, pathetic fanboy doesn't mean I won't talk to you. You know what I mean? I'll talk to anybody as long as you're respectful. Like you know. I'll talk to, if you're a fanboy PlayStation, we can talk. If you're a fanboy of Xbox, we can talk, but like that still doesn't <laughs> make me stop thinking you're just a fanboy. It's just it is what it is, man. What up fame? How you doing, brother? Anything to add to that, Jez? It's just like the thing is like so, some of the people that I know they're talking about, they're just it's, it's just a it's just an act. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and like <laughs> The, th- the thing about YouTube is that it's entertainment, right? And some people, like, they get wrapped up in it and take it too seriously. And, you know, yeah, sure. There are there are fanboys who are YouTubers. But I think, like, everyone could do with taking it a little less seriously. Ah, uh, that would never happen, though, Je- or Jez, you know? But anyways... Yeah. We all appreciate you guys watching live. Uh, we had like 360 people. It was great. Um, we sorry for the week last week. We didn't do it, um, and we'd appreciate if you hit the like button. As this is going to be the end of the show. Uh, Jez, you want to promote anything on Windows Central? You know that little article I'm talking about. Or mm, not yet. Not yet. All right. Well, Jez isn't ready to talk about that. So it's it's, it's probably going to be New Year. I've, I'm I'm the New Year. Year. Well, you better not get scooped first. You've had that happen previously, recently too, where you got scooped first. Oh, I get scooped. 
You sure? You better not get scooped. I'm counting on you. Better not get scooped. I did also hear, by the way, <laughs> that that the uh, discless Xbox One is being announced in January. By the way. Oh, oh, oh! That what? makes sense. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit off air about. We'll compare sources and we'll talk <laughs> about things. But anyways, I appreciate everybody watching. I appreciate all the comments. Um, if you're watching later on Google or iTunes, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next week uh, with some more Xbox Two podcasts. Thank you guys so much. Later. <laughs>